Titanium. Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Saturday the 4th of May. May the 4th be with you. But uh, 2013. I'm your host Dan Train. Join me today, Robert Kemp. And Zachary Burgess. The noise of duck makes. Not not whack. It's whack whack. <laughs> well, the noise that makes is wah, 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 and the noise an iPhone makes is wah, wah, wah. <laughs> or ding, which is the one text message sound for the whole world now, um, and no one knows when that's because it's the one bearable sound available, and there's no way to isn't oh, no, change them. I was trying to think. Yeah, there's, is that the default, or is it like because no, the, it's not the default, but it's the one that everyone chooses because it's the only good one. Because the I mean, the email noise you can't change, can or you right. couldn't change until recently, which was always that. Well, hear that rippling across well, every office in the land. Well, and that and marimba. <laughs> oh yeah. The... Ding 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 Oh yeah, that one as well. Yeah. And <laughs> making that sound on the yeah. desk as well. I'm so <laughs> I love the new feature that you can change the uh, pattern of the vibration. It's awesome. Can you? Yeah. You can that. tap your own, but you can do Morse code or like da, da, awesome. da, 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 and stuff. I, my, now one go, now goes whoop, 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 rather than uh, uh, that really annoying default. Awesome. So yeah. I, so I can now actually dubstep ring. Yeah, you can dubstep it up. How, uh, what oh, I, wonder, go? I wonder if you could do it so you could time it to. Um, um, to the song you have, so you can program the pattern in, but you program it in such a way that it's in time with your ringtone. Yeah, that would be quite hard. Because that's to what do. old Nokia's used to do when they, right. um, um, well, when you were back in the days when you were programming ringtones into them note by note. Obviously, it knew you when they were. Yeah, so it would vibrate in and flash in time with the song. Like your classic old orange brick of crazy doom with all its LEDs. Yeah, that one didn't do it. Oh, did it not? Oh. No, so no, not at all like that. Okay. No. <laughs> that that, that one didn't have programmable ringtones. It was just big and orange. Right. Programmable. I had a, I think it was, that was one of the Nokia models after that that was that you could do it on. It was me and Kips had the ridiculous first ever Sony phones before there were Sony Ericsson phones where you could record a tiny little snippet of audio and use that as your ringtone. Yeah, so you had you, to like use the sp- use the mic and put it up against the speaker if you wanted like music. And it was awkward to time as well because it wasn't yeah. it didn't work immediately after you pressing the button and it didn't yeah. finish quite when you expected either. So it's... I managed to make it work. I used to have um, Fat Boy Slim. I seem to remember <laughs> as my ringtone. Yes. I can't remember what Kips used to have on his. Something dumb. That might have been the start of the, um, the text message ringtone that just goes, text message! The classic. I think that was the start of it, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. I like that. And that phone was really cool. And, yeah, it was, and it was quite ahead of its time, because really, it took so. a while for everything else to catch up with its it had four color display. It had that awesome click wheel interface that was on the side of the thing, yeah, which you held in your th- under your thumb, and you could scroll up and down, and well, and click in. And the phone was responsive. <laughs> and down, <laughs> and down. It was awesome. Yeah. And the phone was responsive enough to actually keep up with it. Yeah, it was good. They were decent phones, I thought. Um, but then. They seem to lose their way a bit. Went, they went to the D-pad design again, didn't they? Yeah. So the Nokia model kind of They had a around. little weird had that as well, joystick nub yeah. thing on the Sony Ericsson. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, your one. 
Yeah, I don't like those. Never did like those nub things. I'd rather preferred like a proper either one of those circular D pads with the OK button in the middle, which is much more practical, I think, on a mobile. <laughs> Even now, that scroll wheel thing would be all right on a smartphone, so you didn't have to actually obscure the screen while you were scrolling. Oh yeah, do the awkward double-handed tap, tap or the thing. weird yeah. fun exercise. You just held it in one hand and scrolled. It was awesome. Less of a fun exercise. Yeah. It's efficiency for your thumbs. It's true. Too thumbs. efficient for modern modern people who what like things that they can touch. Well, like yeah, have acceleration, and you can like. I don't know. It's like the one thing I kind of wish I could always bypass on my phone, but I'm too scared to turn off. Is the the pin code bit because I have a pin code set on my phone, but I have too much. I have some information on my phone that I just right. Or, you know, you, you know, your apps have access to your accounts and stuff, and you never need to log into them. And well, isn't there that, that Android kind of... trick of, of facial recognition, so you just look at it, and if it's Yeah, you, but I reckon that probably takes just as long as typing in the code. Does it? Yeah, well, I don't know. It depends how long it takes to recognize your face, and in what lighting... What if, you know, how long does it take if you're in poor lighting yeah, that's for true. it to give up? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if it was fast enough, it would be good, but I guess that is a problem. Yeah. So if you need, like... DNA locking around the outside of the phone so you can <laughs> just pick it up and it go hello yes that could work not really no it's <laughs> DNA locked it could, it could recommend it nice your um, fingerprints maybe like my gun well they have fingerprint scanners don't they so they just need to put that in the wherever you're the trouble is there's no place where your fingers go when you're using a, when you're holding the phone no. they're kind of around the side you'd have, you'd you'd have have to go. yeah it wouldn't be a like continuous thing you'd have to just, it wouldn't be like just as long as you're holding it it works and as soon as you let go it's like no you'd have to just pinch it or the entire back plate of the, of the phone can well, recognise yeah. bits of your hand they'd have to put it just a fingerprint port on the back of the phone although it has so been rumoured with the screen or anything uh, uh, Apple did like file a patent recently for a, a screen on both sides like so, it's like a a, 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 mm. a sort of oval design, and the whole thing is a screen, mm, including like where your volume buttons and stuff would be on the side. They just appear as volume buttons on the oh right on that curve. Crazy. So it's not really two screens. It's actually essentially one flexi screen. Presumably, getting ahead of the game before all that. I can never remember what the material is called, but there's that ridiculous. It's got, has it got carbon in the name or something? Carbon? Oh, I think I know. Stuff. Something like that. But yeah, it's supposed to be the material that everyone wants to get hold of because it enables them to build flexible screens. Well, and so like people like Samsung and are fighting over the usage rights and stuff. Well, what? Graphene. Usage rights. Yeah, oh, that's it. Yeah, graphene. There's yeah. no usage rights with graphene. It's like saying there's usage rights to diamond. <laughs> no, graphene is the manufacturing it's... technique to make it, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. it's still just a fucking single sheet of carbon atoms. Yeah. It's not like... <laughs> no, but the company that probably makes graphene has probably patented the mechanism in which they make it. You can make graphene in DVD burner. Probably not in sufficient <laughs> quantities or to a quality level that you need to make a flexible screen. Well, not for a screen, but for a lot of other things that you can use graphene for. I've seen it, I saw it on a video. You basically just like grind up a bunch of carbon powder, spread it onto the back of a DVD, you put it in the burner, and then the laser heat just burns it into a graphene sheet, and then you can just peel it off. <laughs> huh, cool. Crazy. Awesome. Yeah. Apparently, it's quite good for making large quantities of not probably very high quality graphene. But <laughs> Either way, this is happening. I don't know the legality of it, or I'm not a lawyer, so I could go into that. Side, I but thought... regardless, it is happening. People are bidding for it. There are. I wouldn't have thought it was 
that specific. It's probably it's it's probably not bidding for graphene. It's probably bidding for some specific manufacturing technique that one company has come up with over, was, over another one. Wasn't it University Perhaps. of Manchester that do all the research into graphene? And yeah, stuff? I think it's somewhere, right? in the, somewhere in England. Brian Cox's uh, haunt. But then, of course, there's also if it's not graphene, then it's nano cheese. Obviously, yeah, true. It's the other one that everyone's fighting over. Got the nano cheese. <laughs> Watch out! Don't get them in your lungs. It's worse than the bloody asbestos. Fiberglass. Yeah, fiberglass. We haven't really OLED still hasn't really taken off, has it? In terms, it's just of, too expensive. It's getting yeah. there. They'll get there. They will. That they all the TVs will be OLED once it gets to that point. I think. Yeah, we'll yeah. probably see that a long time before you know graphene televisions. <laughs> yeah, I expect so. Although that I did see they've it's kind of a gimmick, really. I don't think they're expecting anyone to buy them, but they have brought out some huge curved screen uh, uh, TVs. Yeah, like uh, so they're they're so big that they're curved in such a way that if you sit in the middle, you're equidistant from it at all. Because that's the angle. Oh, I see. Well, a bit given like a, a certain distance away that you sit. A bit like the cinema curve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's the same thing. So that's kind of crazy. Hmm. But uh, it's not exactly Oculus Rift level. <laughs> Speaking of which, there's been some crazy demos and stuff. There was like a Use! grandma playing the, the Oculus Rift the other day. We we, we, we talked about this. Yeah, last. sitting there looking at it. She was like super. We talked about this on the last cast. On it. Did we? Yeah, indeed. Probably not for very long. Well, the video wasn't very long. Well, that was also true. But the digital um, foundry got hold of their dev kit, so they had an interesting article. Basically, it's like it's awesome, but it's early days and like the main thing is they need high resolution screens, oh, okay yeah, yeah which they have got they are putting higher resolution screens into the uh, production one than it's in the dev kit okay but they're still not yeah it's because you know you, you're, you're blowing up because the the part of the screen that you're actually focusing on because most of it's peripheral vision kind yeah. of so the part that you're actually looking at most of the time is only mm. Like twenty five percent in the middle, I guess. Yeah. And suddenly that's so, well, they like, need not a, like pixels. A, they need a screen that gets you know has less resolution as it goes to the outside. Really, like you know, you need some ununiform. Yeah, if they could way do of that. representing stuff, but I don't do know that. if there's any. Yeah, but no. that wouldn't work though, because then when you you're not always looking directly <laughs> at the middle of that screen. No. No, true. You'd have to have a relatively <laughs> large area of high resolution stuff there, but around the actual you know the real periphery of where you're. Maybe you're looking because I don't think you're doing what the limit is for like how far you can look out, like actually focus sideways out of your eyes. I mean, it's quite a lot, but that would be a way to solve the problem. But I suppose the the bigger issue is that actually there's probably no hardware technique in computer rendering, you know, or you know, easily available computer rendering that will actually do that high resolution in the middle, low resolution around the outside, yeah, stuff. Well, you'd have to write. You'd have to write custom output drivers and custom hardware to. Well, they really have to do quite a lot of that. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it's that is that. I don't. I don't think I've ever heard an example of where that's done, where you'll have a high resolution middle and low resolution periphery in actual hardware pixels. Anyway, exciting stuff. Regardless, yeah, end of civilization as we know, obviously. No, that's Google Glass. <laughs> no, they hack in and see whatever no. you're doing at all times. Because I saw, <laughs> I saw a stupid report about the Oculus Rift where like some guy had tested it out on people, <laughs> just people, <laughs> like oh, I know his family or whatever. Right. Okay. And, then, and like, and it caused the meltdown of society. Well, apparently, some of them, <laughs> some apparently, people reported 
that's that's the, <laughs> that's the classic phrase of like I interviewed a person and asked them about some very unspecific thing that's very difficult to verbalize. But apparently, people reported that like after they've been using the Oculus Rift for a while, once they took it off, it was like that reality doesn't seem real. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, oh, shit, it's the Matrix. That's ridiculous. Bullshit. I mean, it does. It has the same problem as 3D TV in that if you spend a long time, well, you know, 3D television is a is is incorrect stereoscopy of how the eye works, basically, you know, because you're focusing. It's it's the, the divergence versus focus problem that your eyes normally do. You'll be focusing on a point whilst your eyes are diverged in a different way to how they would be in in, in real life. There's a disconnect there, yeah, which is what gives some people discomfort with stereo 3D. Um, and you'll get the exact same problem in Oculus Rift because you're focusing on a non-three D, a non-real three D object. So you're going to get this. Di- well, actually, in, in fairness, you shouldn't really get a divergence problem. Maybe because you know it's just feeding it right to your eyes, so maybe they just deal with it. I don't know. Yeah, but, but you're still you're effectively looking at something that's right here. Aren't yeah, you? and you're, and you're still looking at something. In, 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 I think where, where I'm going with this is, that in the, uh, I guess your eyes don't treat it as natural. I suppose. So, we'll so you wear them for long enough, and I suppose your eyes adjust. And kids, especially, are very good at adjusting to this stuff. And but then you take it off, perhaps, and it is possible the eyes could, you know, take a while to adjust back. I think it certainly makes people sick the first time. The guy from Digital Foundry was saying he's been playing, you know, first-person video games his whole life, never had a problem, and he mm. and he was feeling sick after the first fifteen minutes of the Oculus Rift. Mm. But I think you just have to get used to it. Yeah, it's, be, it's new. Whereas I've known people, well, it's, like it's my mo- dad got motion sick watching uh, uh, his brother play Doom. You know? <laughs> you know, which I can see. Yeah, well, Oculus Rift must be a real, you know, an, an, a, you know, a yeah. ridiculous um, cause of motion sickness. Because they haven't put any motion in it yet. That's the problem. So they have motion feedback, then all that yeah. will go away. What, you mean literal head tracking motion no, feedback? No, no, I mean no. like body motion feedback. Well, there was that. Like, that you're that sitting video. still, but you're seeing shit moving, and that's mm. what motion sickness is. Yeah. Well, you need one of those like D box chairs, perhaps, to start. <laughs> I don't think that would be enough either. Well, someone made a video <laughs> of them playing TF2 with the Oculus Rift on an in- infinite treadmill. What yeah. was it? On an Omni treadmill yeah. thing. So that was pretty good. insane. Those things look really hard to use. Yeah. Anyway. Enough for uh, rifting. Yeah. What other news we got? Since we've got a lot to get through, apparently. Double pinball news. Double pinball news. The less interesting part, and this was a while back actually, and I should have mentioned it last time, but we kind of ran out of time and I forgot. Because the pinball news is the most important part of the podcast. Yeah, definitely. Um, pinball FX <coughs> is coming to Steam, and that's the one I less care about because I never really like the physics that much in Pinball FX, and I have some presentation problems with it, how they, you know, how they make the tables, it's never quite, never feels quite right, quite accurate enough. Um, but Pimble Arcade got fucking greenlit. Woo! About goddamn time. So we, in theory, we should see that in about a month, turning up on PC. Raw, awesome. They've, I think they've had it ready for a while. It's just been getting it through Steam. And they went through the green light process, which took way too long. So hooray for that. You may lose me for a few months. <laughs> As I buy every pinball table. <laughs> more like, we'll be hearing a lot about pinball on this podcast for the next... It's yeah, not like you... I don't think you have any reason to buy it. 
Why not? Because you already play it on the iPad, and the whole reason to play it, playing it on the iPad is because you can play it not yeah. at your computer. <laughs> well, you have that free, yeah, you have that free table of the month. But it's just, I don't know. It's as good as it is on the iPad, and it is really good. I still kind of like playing the Xbox version because I'm sat in a couch and you have the big screen and something like that. And the, and the PC has always been really well suited to pinball games because you can just use the shift keys as flippers. You know, it feels yeah, on the, on the it feels Xbox nice. at least you have triggers. Those are sort of simple. Yeah, I mean that feels nice too. Maybe you know, maybe that's the lack of physicality on iPad where you're just pressing the screen that makes it feel not quite so good, despite the fact you can have the nice orientation. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the vertical orientation on the iPad is really cool. So obviously you'll have to turn your PC screens on their side. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I wonder if it even has sideways orientation resolutions. I bet it does. But you, you just like it probably doesn't care. It's just oh, it'd be, I think it would be well. I meant, be crazy of them for not try it. Well, I meant uh, I meant in the game instead of at the system level. Yeah. Like, obviously you can set your system to display everything on a vertical screen. Yeah, but... I imagine they could probably just support that fairly easily. Like if they're just porting how they do. The iPad stuff because you know that can work in both directions yeah. on there. You know, I'm not saying that you know how you interface with the drivers will obviously be very different, but you can just define what res you run at. I want to run up this res, yeah, and flip the screen, or or they or they'll do what some things do and just you know they'll use a software technique to just show everything on the side, yeah. and then it's up to you to actually physically rotate your monitor. Yeah, sort of what I mean. Yeah, like how a character and stuff has done it, but and that's just camera at the end of the day. Yeah. So, it should be easy. But good news. I'm looking forward to it. Saw some idiots um, with their battle stations like uh, running like five 1080p monitors all the wrong way up, you know, next <laughs> to each other. And they've gone to the lengths of taking the whole bezel off just cool. to get them closer together to each other. Hmm. Just like pretty crazy. That's pretty but, cool. Uh, the, I, this, I was watching some YouTube instructional videos on how to remove the casings on your monitors just to get <laughs> the just to get the bezel a tiny bit thicker, thinner. But it makes a difference, of course, because the saving you make is double because you've got two next to each other. Yeah. yeah. Presumably, you'd have to <clears throat> perhaps build your own casing to actually go behind the thing, so you're not. Well, it's just on a bare this... metal, effectively. So on that Dell one that they were looking at, which is the one I use at work or mm. whatever, that screen is quite popular. Um, yeah, I think it would have been safe. It was fine. The, the, the I still would have perhaps wanted to cover the bags. Yeah, probably. Just don't shove your hand down there. Yeah. This <laughs> yeah. is not a CRT, though. Don't, don't get rough. Don't, yeah, don't get rough. Yeah, yeah. Slightly less dangerous. Well, I don't know. A CRT with the cover off is probably fine because it's all metal, isn't it? Like, you're not going to get into it. But it's all giant effing capacitors, like much bigger capacitors than an SQD. circuit boards. Yeah, you don't want to touch those. Yeah, this was all encased in metal, all the circuit boards and stuff. The only thing, the trouble was the little controls on the ed- on the edge of the bezel had a little tiny circuit board that he like unclipped and and stuck on the top. Oh, okay. So you can right. still use it, but uh, yeah, yeah, might need weird. to might need to do something with that as well. Anyway, that was kind of cool. Perhaps if you cut it, cut up your bezel in just a way that you could actually probably just preserve that bit and reattach it to the to the bit you move and fit it into. What we need is a Ben Heck mod. To... <laughs> definitely, definitely. Oh man, I really want some ridiculous fourteen forty p monitors for work. Not for not for gaming because I need a massive PC to get that resolution. Yeah. So that's that's kind of a false saving. But for like space wise, like for IDs, and so shit, much coding, <laughs> so cool. If you had two forty forty p monitors, you'd have so much freaking space. Hmm. It'd be awesome. Anyway, you need those um those Apple monitors that are like 
2,000 pixels tall. That's the... something like 2160 or something, and they're like, well, oh, right. 4K screens, I guess. And God, they, do uh, they go that high, the cinema displays now? You've always been able to buy them that big. Oh, right, okay. Um, they're pretty enormous um, and really expensive. The like, thing about like these uh, 2560 by 1440 ones or whatever mm. is apparently you can get... There was a guy on, on Rock, Paper, Shotgun and a, and a guy, the uh, coding horror guy. You can get cheap ones from Korea that are really good, but they're like off-brand oh, right. or something. Mm. And so it's really risky, but there's a whole bunch of articles on like Rock, Paper, Shotgun about how how to sort of import these offshoots. insanely awesome monitors that you can get for mega cheap, <laughs> which is pretty cool. But yeah, I wonder how long they'll actually last. They'll well, probably be okay for a bit, really but they might just, you know, fail on you. Well, who knows? Yeah, but those guys seem fairly happy with them. Anyway, monitor news. <laughs> yes. Need more pixels. Yes, that's more pixels you're going to get from the next gen consoles, even. Yeah. Speaking of pixels, it was quite as much as we've like knocked the Wii U. Now I've seen one in action a bit. It is quite nice seeing ninty stuff in HD. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I didn't... It's where the Wii screwed up in a big way. Yeah, it's like the the, the Mario aesthetic and stuff looks really nice. Yeah. Super Mario Galaxy should have been in 3D. Sorry, not 3D. It should have been. HD. (laughs) HD and 3D. Man, that would have been awesome, actually. Yeah, come on. That would be perfect for 3D, actually, with the the globe world. Yeah, that'd been really cool. It would have looked awesome. But anyway, yeah, there's something. What does I'd, space look like in 3D though? It's just infinite distance, isn't it? So there's yeah, nothing, nothing there. Yeah, yeah, but that's 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 okay. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I'm no, not because really sure. because that means any object you are actually looking at will always look stand out 3D because you're it's always against infinite. Although on the other hand, I don't think in Galaxy you'd be able. It's like the depth would be too far most of the time. Yeah, maybe when you're running around on the planet. Well, yeah, is what you're when, doing you, when you're in the cl- when you're flying between planets, the stuff you're like, interested in, like a long distance. Yeah, mm. the stuff you're interested in will have a nice 3D effect. Or when it zooms in when you're flying through space, you, you know, Mario will be popping out of the screen somewhere. Or maybe you know, it could have been done really, really well. Oh, I saw the first bit of thing on the on the 3DS where it's actually been <laughs> first bit of thing. The first, bit, <laughs> the first bit of anything on the 3DS where it's actually been out of the screen slightly. Really? Yeah. I thought some of the menu does that. Well, some I didn't, didn't notice it until this one. But it was like, oh, look, that text box is actually slightly in front of the screen. That's I thought the intro to Face Raiders, like when the when it's like taunting you with a new face that it's made or something, and it lunges out of the screen. I never ran a bit. Face Raiders. You ever run? I can't run Face Raiders. No. It's got faces in it. <laughs> so You've got to run Face Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> so were you? Yeah, I, I was. I was more impressed by it than I thought I was going to. Although, you know, a, a, a lot of, I suppose a lot of people's grief with Wii U comes from the living with it stuff. But from a a, a kind of base technical point of view, it's, I kind of like it. You know, it's, it's nice that it's HD. The controller was really very comfortable. Right, yeah. Really very comfortable. I found comfortable. that. I and, had to go with it. I wasn't looking at the screen at all because it was just mirroring what was going on. Yeah. The thing. But as a controller, it was quite nice and comfortable. Yeah, it was quite, it was quite comfortable. I found that, that I, I did try and play a bit of Super Mario um, U, whatever it That's is. That's what I was playing. Looking yeah. purely at the screen. Uh, and it's fine. Yeah. Uh, I tried, like, angling it. Well, it must have looked really, really weird doing this. But I was trying to angle it is like so I could see, like, just really quickly move my eyes, look at the screen, look at the thing, look at the screen, look at the thing. And I could discern no lag. Like none, and it's like the 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 video, the knowledge I have of video in me was just sort of going. How have they done that? Instant encode is yeah, but is that doesn't that wouldn't 
wouldn't the obvious way to do that would just be have the same amount of lag between the big well, yeah, and the Yeah, but then, you'd have, then it'd be noticeable input lag on the telly as well. Yeah, but it's like how noticeable. I mean, theoretically, input lag, you get like tons of input lag on the Xbox or whatever if you really want to be technical about it. You just don't notice it. So how much is noticeable? Well, I suppose when, you, when you're combining like the, the communication, if, well, yeah, the, but then you'd be like compounding the existing wireless input lag with a video encode delay. And it's like, it would be really noticeable at that point if they were, if they were doing that. Yeah. I think they just worked on it hard because they said this yeah. is the key thing for this system to it's work. It's impressive. It's, it's got to be said, it's impressive. And it, it's kind of reassuring in a way that hopefully tech like Steambox and stuff, you know, if if Steambox does just happen to be a portal to what your PC is doing, it kind of gives me a little bit more assurance that that stuff can't be that far away. And as soon as it is, oh, I'm all over that. People really give a shit about latency, especially like yeah. recently. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's getting better all over the shop. Even the even the PS3, they had a talking point. I know that was a kind of a developer-y type mm. uh, reveal, but which was awesome for for me. But they they made that a point that the input latency was was halved or something on their new controller. Yeah, which is not, and the PS3 always had pretty good latency performance over Bluetooth compared to the Xbox's proprietary wireless. Yeah, um, solution. Oh, so, I, I think it's that way round. One of them was significantly better than the other for that. And I get a feeling the Bluetooth solutions were better than than the Xbox solution. Mm. Which makes it all the more weird that the Xbox the, the, the you know, Xbox Fusion or whatever the during you know, Durango. Better not be bloody Fusion. That's a bit of a crap name, yeah. Well, um, that's just... I heard it was simply called Xbox. Well, uh, Xbox Fusion sounds like it might be a marketing campaign to try and do the entertainment hub. Yeah, probably. Pitch. If it's Xbox Fusion, they're obviously just paving the way for a new Fusion frenzy. <laughs> <laughs> One can only hope. It would become built in, pre-installed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, could prob- they probably might do that with some versions of the Xbox now, like they do with the 3DS. Well, they might, you know, ship it, buy it, and the hard disk has a copy of the game on it. Yeah. I think it might be cannier than to just call it Xbox. I know it sounds stupid now, but if you think about it, people refer to it, that that thing as the 360. And if you started just recur- referring to it as Xbox, that gets their brand name in more often. <laughs> I know it sounds dumb, but people shorten Xbox 360 to 360. I hope, I hope they Xbox. don't do that because I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. You know, I hate the Apple route of doing the, the new iMac or the new iPad. Yeah. And it's like... They Actually, already... it sort of makes more sense in iMac land because, you know, it's in that sort of weird, yeah. drifty spec land that PCs are kind of associated with. Those those specs will just generally get better. Yeah. Um, and then when they dramatically change the design, perhaps then it deserves a new name. You know, when iMac has evolved quite a lot, but it stayed at that sort of like grey screen design for a while now. Mm. But, you know, when it moved from the little CRT plastic box to the ridiculous mound with a screen on a table lamp style arm. Uh, perhaps I should have changed the name, you know, that kind of hmm. that kind of thing. You know, I think when they do that, I'd like a name change. Yeah, I love that arm thing. It was a crazy PC. You know, but and by that logic, I should be less annoyed when they like move the iPad editions up and don't give it a new name, like or a new indicator. But then specs between iPad revisions are much more important. If you know what I mean. More important than what? Well, you know, as in whether your app will run well or not. Um, right, yeah. You're trying to get hold of. makes Has a much more impact on which version of the phone or which version of the pad you have. I don't know like, if Like, you know, a lot of iPhone way. 4 apps are now... Well, a lot of apps that I run on my iPhone 4, I should say, 
are now getting pretty shit. Mm. Like the new versions of Facebook, for instance, are really, really slow on an iPhone 4. Interesting. Like really slow. <laughs> That's interesting. There must be a lot of people on an iPhone 4. Well, it's the thing. No one's optimizing for it anymore. 4S and 5 are the go-tos. Bizarre. You'd think Facebook would care. Yeah, it's, it's crap. Facebook on my 4 isn't very good. Um, you see, Facebook- Even Bejeweled Blitz has lag in it every now and then. And that I'm annoyed about, <laughs> goddammit. Most importantly. Yeah. Did you see Facebook profits are way up? And I know bloody why. Because you use that app on your phone. It's just chock full of adverts now. Yeah, it is. It's very noticeable. I get, I get quite a lot of Domino's ads. What <laughs> <laughs> surprise. I'm wondering if they've slightly overdone it. Yeah, it's... They it, 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 is quite, it is quite high now. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, I wonder if they'll. What happened? Yeah, I don't know how else they could offer the service. If if they offered some, what kind of feature could they add to Facebook to make it so you consider paying for a premium subscription? I'm not saying we would. I'm not saying uh, I ever would. Right. But what could they do to make that? I think there's things they could do. I'm not sure what to suggest, but. Well, perhaps if you had, if Microsoft like had more more fingers in the Facebook pie. Um, then maybe they'd integrate with like Skype, Skype Premium or something. It's like you're buying into our social framework completely. Here have um, video, yeah. group video calling. Video Here have ad-free free Facebook. Here have people pay for ad-free Facebook. That would be step one, I guess. Oh, ad-free Skype was nice. Yeah. <laughs> Although exactly. I did find a way of turning all those off. But yeah, and you're oh, right because gonna... I, I have to share this with you because it pisses me off for so long, <laughs> and it seems to work. Um, there's uh, a registry hack you can do. You can add some registry keys, and then whenever Java updates, it will skip the step where it asks you to install something, like oh. a sponsor program, yeah. oh, like cool. the, the the Ask Jeeves yeah. toolbar. Or I hate that stuff. Yeah, the it's one super I to... annoying. But like, you can turn it off, and it's like the installer is still annoying. But hell, there's That's one cool. less thing you don't have to worry about remembering to uncheck. I don't have Java installed on my PC. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't bother. Fair I don't enough. need it for anything. Uh, not, uh, yeah, I wonder if I do actually thinking about it, and it's not, especially on this desktop. Mm. Speaking like of, my work machine, I probably need it. But yeah, me too. I speaking of it. those things that were, su- that were super pissed us off, <laughs> I could bring back up the MSN situation that I mentioned previously. The date passed and nothing happened. <laughs> oh, really? Is it still up? Well, apparently, as far as I can tell, they've stopped supporting. No, they've stopped. Like letting you get MSN, right? But if you already have it, the support doesn't stop until sometime later this year. Right. So they, okay. So you can't join MSN anymore. Well, or you can't download the program from their website. (laughs) I didn't really look into it that much, but it's like, okay, it's the eighth. This is all still working. Well, I guess I can put this off for a while more. (laughs) Because the live passport thing presumably lives on the the login. The Hotmail, which is now Outlook.com login, is all still linked. Mm. So presumably if you sign up for a new Outlook.com account, you could probably sign into Messenger with it. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. (laughs) It depends. I I think some Microsoft services kind of like, although you have this passport thing, it's like when you first log in, their relevant systems create a record of you on that system. It just knows to pull your details from somewhere else rather than having you type it out again. I think that's how they do the integration. It's not like they log on to one central Microsoft ID server. It's like all the separate systems just know how to get what they need from it when you first log in. They were a bit dumb to throw away that Hotmail name, really. They could have kept it and just relaunched it. I don't know. Hotmail started to get 
Hotmail comes across, it feels negative to me as a brand. Right, fair enough. But you um, think Outlook is great for like, it's not fun. Like, I, I, <laughs> they don't want well, no, but Outlook, is, Outlook has a reputation of being you know, solid. Yeah, yeah solid. Well, it's the most proficient email client. Yeah. You know, and you can do the most with it. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm no problem with Outlook, the Office application. No, no, no. But, but I mean, that's what that's what they're banking on. Yeah, that Outlook has weight. Outlook as an exchange service still has weight. You know, I know that's not again not the same thing. But mm. um, I think maybe if they're I, the, the idea might be that if they're trying to push Outlook, say as part of Office packages, that you can get like you know three six five, yeah, and all that stuff. Perhaps they you know people will understand what they're getting more it's mm. like because they'll look at it and go you'll look at outlook and go well why do i need that i have email i have an email client built into windows 8 i have email on my phone on my ipad and it's or gmail it's like why do i need outlook and it's like perhaps by calling it outlook.com and right. tying it in together perhaps they're trying to sell maybe people just for knowing what it is a bit more well, the real question is, why the fuck did they have Hotmail in the first place? Who came up with Hotmail? They bought it, didn't they? Yeah. It wasn't Microsoft. They bought it when it was getting popular. It did work, and, and it got popular, like, didn't it? It was very popular. It was the one. It's a classic sort of 90s dumb internet name. <laughs> My favourite was uh, the uh, WYSIWYG HTML editor called Hot Metal with capital H, lowercase o, capital T, <laughs> M-L. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> Hot metal. <laughs> yeah, that was dumb. That's kind of cool, actually. <laughs> yeah. I quite like that. Yeah. Yep, that was dumb. <laughs> then maybe that's where hot mail comes, uh, comes from. That's got HTML in it. It does, yeah. But <laughs> probably not. Well, yeah, maybe. Well, maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe. Web, based, web based mail. Yeah, yeah. maybe you're right. But then they could have come up with any other word to add HMT in to stick in front of mail. Doesn't quite have to mail. Hat mail. Yeah. Or maybe it was a play on, you know, at the time email was new and exciting yeah. and fast. Hot and, you know, when you though. send it, it was like. It was hot. <laughs> yeah. Because of the speed of it, I guess. Drop it like yeah. it's hot. Damn right. Anyway, enough. Hello, time consuming <laughs> 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 Is that, what the, <laughs> is that what the H and the T stands for? Hella time consuming. Yeah, yeah. the C doesn't count, obviously. Hella time consuming markup language. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that's that for real. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway. Right, more, any more news going on? Well, we just read, and it got this, like, this part of the Wii U discussion, I suppose. Both Asda and Amazon are slashing the Wii U price. Yep. It's like it's dropped by like £100 over the last few months. So how much is the full-blown edition it's or like, whatever? It What's sounds the... like it's like 160 quid now. Right, that's not much. That's a bargain. I'm highly tempted. And it's like, I should be saving for other shit, like the next gen coming up. But oh my God, that's a good price. What games would you get? That, that's that's the really comes Well, yeah, Smash Brothers when it comes out for sure. Well, that's why, the... and that's almost the, that amount of hours taken up right there. If I was going for the pound per hour ratio, yeah, that, you that 100, hours hundred, yeah, hundred and fifty hours is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. How many have we actually played on Brawl? Not like much actually, more actually, than no, fifty. Really, it's probably getting up to a hundred. If I'm honest, but just think how cheap quality time. <laughs> just think how cheap it'll be by the time that comes out. Well, we don't know. They might run out of stock of this. This is the thing. These these slashed prices are unofficial. They're not like an official price cut. So Nintendo hasn't sanctioned this, I suppose. Mm -hmm. It's 
which it makes it sound like Amazon and Asda want to get out of selling Wii U's, or they've bought way too many. <laughs> some like some kind of stock error, and someone put a zero on it or something. It's like shit. We got to get rid of these. Well, to be fair, nobody had enough Wii's, so maybe they thought. Well, yeah. Well, Nintendo solved their supply issues this time, but the Wii U just hasn't had that mass appeal. No. So yeah, I can see that coming away off. So I might get new Super Mario Brothers because I haven't played one of any of these new Super Mario Brothers games properly. Yeah, so I might. Uh, you, yeah, but you know what oh, I mean. Shit, <laughs> but I haven't been boring the average ones. Mm. But I haven't played any of them. Is the point? So right. I, maybe maybe that's my in. Um, sure. Because I never played it. On, I suppose I could just borrow your DS coffee. <laughs> Did I have a DS coffee? Did you not? No. Did you never have any of them? No. All right then. Well, I can't do that then. <laughs> I always assumed you did. Because I knew better. <laughs> Mario 64 DS, that's all you need. <laughs> Man. That, that was a pretty good version of it. Mario 64 is freaking sweet. Uh, yeah, so I'd probably get that. I'd probably get um, thing, try, well, Rayman um, Legends when it comes out. Because yeah. the Wii U version supposedly seems to be the one to get of those. That would be cool. Um, hard. Yeah. Well, yeah, because... Yeah, Rayman Origins was hard. Yeah, well, the demo was hard. <laughs> yeah, that line And that's, like, the, sort of near the start of the game, yeah. <laughs> supposedly. Uh, Lego City Undercover, I'm tempted by. I'm not sure about that. Like, I, mean, I like the, the my, idea. My problem with it is that they removed the multiplayer element. Yeah. Um, and that, it's, you know, it's, it's an entirely single-player experience. But it may be something that no one could get into, is oh, the advantage of that. Because we play Harry Potter Lego. Yeah, on occasion. Is is there is part of that the Harry Potter draw though? Well, yeah, is it just because of, it's Lego. A bit of that is that, but you know, this looks funny. This is the thing that, that you know now that they they seem to have, even though they're talking now, mm. the 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 undercover human seems pretty good from what I've seen. So. I'm not sure they should have made them talk. I mean, I can see for for that game why they uh, maybe to. they've won out, run out of slapstick. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. And to be honest, if you if you don't know the story, of the oft, often following those Lego games is pretty tricky. Yeah, you know. So when they did Lego Batman Two, perhaps adding speech then made sense because they weren't following <laughs> any plot at that right, point. Okay. In fact, they probably didn't follow any plot in Lego Batman One. To be honest, it's probably maybe maybe that, maybe that was when they realized actually this is kind of difficult to do. Tell an original story with without words. I saw a parody, very well done parody, where they were doing one of those Lego games, but for Breaking Bad. Oh, I, I've seen. I saw the link. I didn't. I didn't. I haven't watched it. This, was, but, yeah. Well, yeah. Again, if you haven't watched Breaking Bad, then there's no dialogue sense. or anything. No. So, no, well, it's fine. You can watch it, but <laughs> yeah. Surprisingly safe for work <laughs> was the joystick headline for that. Oh, for it. Well, yeah, <laughs> arguably. Lego Breaking Bad. Surprisingly safe for work. The scenes of cooking meth, but uh, <laughs> don't know if that's safe for work. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's safe for your. Everything's safe for your work. <laughs> yeah. don't, no, there's, there's nobody around except the cat. Cat won't dob me in. Dob you into who? Cat police. <laughs> cat police. <laughs> Oh no! Uh, yes, there's that. Um, curiosity is coming to an end, by the looks of it. Maybe. Well, there's about just over forty layers to go. Maybe. I'll open. They'll open the key. There'll just be a dead cat in there. Yeah. God damn curiosity! It's like you took too long. <laughs> Every time, curiosity. There's also a countdown <sighs> timer that seems to be coinciding with. Uh, and we haven't talked about this yet. When Microsoft will release some more information officially. 
about Xbox Durango. Um, which yeah. is which is interesting. I don't think the time at you know the end of the cube is probably not going to coincide with that value, you know, because they're leaving it up to the players to potentially troll out of finishing the cube because you can buy into putting cubes back at the start of each layer. <laughs> right. To slow down the progress. But doesn't that mean like if as long as but you one, have to pay real money to do that is the dumb thing. It's it's like as long as one person does that every time it reaches the end of the last layer, <laughs> keep it going forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's like it's a, it's an attrition. Well, they describe it as a war of attrition that happens at the start of each layer. So I think I think you can only cancel out what people have paid in to automatically remove. Right, I don't yeah. think you can actually add. Just, you know, just add it back. I think it'll result. You buy it during the course of a layer, and it will resolve itself at the start of the next. Oh, I wonder if you could add to it. That would be interesting. So you like get a, a like a little like a tumor off the side of the cube or something. So like, these are the extra bits. Maybe <laughs> you need to poke off. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it appears to be coming to an end. So I'll be paying a bit more attention to it and uh, just to see what's going on. Cool. Yeah. Peter Molly news. News from me. Grand Theft Auto Five info dump this week. Was it really the info dump? It was like some well, trailers. Some trailers, but also a bunch of journalists went over, including Giant Bomb, went over and talked to them about the game and saw a live gameplay demo. And there's a bunch of new information. So there were the trailers. Yeah. Yeah, which were cool, obviously. Uh, there was a trailer per character, mm. a little short one. So that was kind of nice. Um, but there, we've got some solid details on gameplay and stuff. So uh, the new things, basically. So, well, I was saying a little bit to you before, but basically, step one, the combat is basically like Max Payne 3. So they've kind of fixed all mm. the awkward combat from 4 and, and, and Red Dead. Um, comparing it directly to Max Payne 3 is actually that great. It's better than Grand Theft Auto 4, but... <laughs> What's wrong with Max Payne 3? It's one of Max the best Payne. shooters of the whole year. Of I mean, last year. Really yeah. It was a bad year. What the hell? You haven't even played it. It plays great, Max Payne 3. It's a great shooter. Apart from, like, the whole concept of the slowdown typing being, becoming almost irrelevant because it became a cover shooter and you can't really just dive in around and shoot people like you were meant to in Max Payne. Well, yes, they yeah, distorted, they distorted Max Payne as a concept. But if you, but took, if you stripped that away and just took the core mechanics without the yeah the bullets times, it's fine. It's a good shooter. But didn't you play Max Payne on PC, though? Yeah. So you don't actually know how GTA's version of Max Payne handles because it's controllers. Yeah, but I mean, we Max Payne was on was on consoles. I mean, I can see how it would work. I mean, it's yeah, <laughs> like right yeah, exactly. There has to be a PC version of this. Yeah, exactly. Of GTA, yeah. I really hope so. But I mean, it won't be the end of the world if there isn't for a while. But there has to be one eventually. It can't be like Red Dead and never fucking come out. It's got to come out. Bad decision. Yeah, that was terrible. I, 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 mean, they, I would literally pay full price for that just to play it again on PC because it's so good. They must. They must know that. Yeah, they do know. They definitely because you know there's so, yeah. there's been enough. I mean, look at the mods you get for, for GTA 4 on PC. Yeah. It's insane. Well, even back in the San Andreas days, you know, hot coffee aside, there were some yeah. pretty, pretty neat mod stuff. Exactly. So they've got to put it. Anyway, so, okay, that's the headline. And including um, uh, regenerating health for the first time in GTA. So that knocks that one on the head. And then each character has their own special ability, which uses a bar you know, that you can use up. So it's like the guy, um, Michael, the ex- uh, uh, mobster guy mm. uh, he's had lots of experience with crime before so his first ability is um, 
he's got bullet time effectively like Max Payne kind of for shooting and then Franklin has the same ability while driving cars for like taking corners really dodgily and stuff and Mm. weaving between things so he can slow down time and then the other guy the insane guy Trevor just has like insanity mode like double damage double (laughs) double uh, health or something mode that he can activate so that's kind of cool so it's slightly different planes different characters yeah it's a little strange for the GTA universe you know, for the GTA's style, what, to, yeah, to introduce these, I oh, know, it works okay. Non-realism mechanics. Well, in Red Dead, it's fine because it's not. But GTA since three has kind of always played the straight, yeah, the straight card, hasn't it? You know, this is it was trying to be gritty. I don't think it'll be super stylist. I mean, I haven't seen it any of the abilities in play, but I can't imagine it'll be like this huge John Woo thing. I think it'll just be to make combat or whatever it is a bit. A bit easier yeah, I know, but it's just, I still find it slightly, yeah, slightly, a slightly odd decision. I mean, I think it'll make a, it'll probably make a better game that appeals more to me. Yeah, but but uh, what sort of st- stylistically? Yeah, yeah. For, for what GTA stands for. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, but it, you that, just... that would be more in more. Uh, it would make more sense in Saints Row. <laughs> I think their brief is to make it just more fun this time and let it more colourful and more fun well, than GTA Four. Well, that's good as long as there's no one ringing me up every two seconds on the mobile asking to go bowling. Well, clearly that's the first thing they'll have addressed, basically. Because yeah, that, so, that was like that. That everyone, mechanic, the girlfriend everyone. mechanic, yeah. that was all kind of crap. Yeah. So I don't think they'll ever make you like ask, be annoying you to do stuff that you don't want to do. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I want more enjoyable core mechanics i think in gta not so much of yeah. the ridiculous quantities of stuff. side stuff yeah, yeah. i think there's i mean it's, these... it's kind of nice that they were there but there's just too much outside i, I of think the core. there's gonna be more red dead style um opportunistic side stuff that happens in the world you know okay that'd be neat and it would be less contrived than like someone running up to and going hey that guy stole my thing how are they going to make it this compared to that well we'll see won't we I I think the bigger problem would be is that stuff was kind of noticeable in Red Dead because you know you're in the middle of fucking nowhere most of the time it's in the city yeah there's a lot of shit going going on on. but it's not all city is it like I say so this is (laughs) you're not going to go out in the middle of like the mountain and then have something (laughs) some random team someone stole my BMX yeah although conceivably you could have a dude like being chased by a bear or something yeah yeah maybe But why would you? Because you're you're all criminals. So why would you like help these people? Don't you shoot them? They still worship. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> that guy's being chased by a bear. Let's shoot him in the legs for the bear kills him. Yeah, I, can the stuff. I really hope that bear doesn't eat his wallet. That's basically <laughs> Far Cry style. But yeah, so the world is apparently three and a half times the size of Red Dead, plus the ocean, which is freaking enormous. And 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 there's loads of wildlife, Red Dead style, and apparently just as much going on under the sea. <laughs> like in the oh, ocean no. and you could like dive and do uh, all kinds of uh, crazy oh, no. so and Trevor's the pilot guy so he, so so the thing about switching between characters because it's like it's like um okay you could in a mission and stuff you can switch between characters instantly if they're all on the same mission which hmm. there are multi missions but it's not like Oh, you're you're one guy, and the other two guys like following behind you, AI controlled, and like bumping into walls and stuff, and that yeah, kind yeah, of thing. And like then a, you, yeah, like squad like, based or whatever. It's like a um, a uh, asymmetric co op. Exactly. Scenario. So people are in different positions and mm. stuff. Uh, like someone, like one of them is covering them with a sniper rifle on high. One of them's driving the truck. One of them's that sounds you know, like it's going to be way too. And strained, and you can flip between them instantly. Or I don't whatever. know. It might make then, it. It, might, it, it, it might solve the problem that GTA Four had, where some of the missions were just 
dumb and crap and perhaps in in the cases where they are dumb and crap doing it with one particular character perhaps you just switch to another one and play out that mission and and have, I, 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 I get the feeling it's not going to be that good i think it's going to be like you'll be playing as one dude for most of the mission who'll be the guy running up the street or whatever and then the guys who are covering them you can switch to them and do that but then you uh, switch I, back to the main guy and then they move. You don't move them around while the other... I don't think I it's going to... I think that's quite unlikely. Because otherwise it would... They'd have to literally make three levels running parallel to each other and I think that's going to be too much. I don't know. They're quite right. ambitious. Yeah. Like, um, in the normal uh, gameplay, uh, like when you're out in the world not doing a mission or whatever, uh, you can switch to the other guy at any time. But the mm. thing is, he's not just in his room or something, blankly staring at the wall. Or maybe he is. (laughs) Each of them have their own routine that they go through and stuff, so they might be doing the normal kind of shit that they are doing during the day. Or you you could catch them in the middle of a robbery. Exactly. You could switch to them. Or crazy guys wrestling a tiger. Exactly. And apparently... Presumably just wild tigers. Well, apparently the gameplay demo, they like switched... Okay, you were Franklin, and they switched to Michael, and Michael was like in his home talking to his uh, daughter or whatever. Mm. And then they switched to the crazy guy, Trevor, and he was like woke up drunk with a bottle in his hand on a beach surrounded by dead bikers <laughs> and I was like what the fuck apparently it does a super cool crazy you know zoom out effect and like oh, cool. whoosh over the world where it's probably loading or whatever mm. it's doing and then goes back into the whereas in the mission obviously it's just instant yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah that stuff sounds I like the idea that you don't just they're not just dumb and just just doing nothing while you're not in control yeah. of them, but they actually have lives going my real on. question is how how it's not really important, but it'll be a kind of a like obvious sign of how how much they care about it. Is like how it's like if you switch really quickly, does it does it just like reposition them to a new? Or you scene? think they're going to warp or something? <laughs> yeah, it's like are you going to or because. Otherwise, you might just switch them and they'll just just be standing on the street. I mean, that could happen. That could happen, in yeah. In theory, yeah. but will they? Or will it be like, Always every time you switch, it'll be like, oh, he's waking up on the beach. Uh, well, that would get annoying <laughs> fast if, if if you always saw the same things. So. Well, I mean, not, the, maybe not yeah, exactly but, the same ones, but like, you mean I bet the crazy dudes that... will wake up from an alcohol <laughs> crazy <laughs> binge several different ways. Probably, <laughs> probably yeah. Oh, but you, yeah, you mean there's going to be like, just a, a set number of presets and perhaps there aren't many of those and yeah could be I, I, I doubt they'll, they'll probably put it's quite probably quite simple to put in some kind of placeholder say oh you switch out from them and then switch back not long after and they're probably pretty close to where they were before you know it's probably yeah but then they won't be doing not, the same thing presumably uh, not, yeah you might be right not necessarily but they, they, they could have well maybe they do maybe there's placeholders for those like oh you only switched like one hour of game time ago this guy hasn't got very far since then or I think if I was yeah. if I, or, the way or, I, or if it was minutes of game time, they're probably like, oh, that guy's still going to be doing that. So you know, they, there's probably not you know, there's not actually much coding in. There's no like, it's not that they have to be simulating these guys all the time. They can just sort of put some arbitrary constraints in to say, oh, it's been a few minutes. Yeah, this guy's probably doing the same thing. But then yeah. also, it's like the other question with that is with the idea that oh, you switch this dude and he's talking to a person or whatever. That's going that that could still seem really weird when you're like taking control. It's like no, I'm done with this conversation now. I'm bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. See, what I worry about with this again is some of that stuff, like the, the instant, well, semi-instant swooshing between characters and the replacing of the thing, the size of the world and all that. It all feels a little too ambitious from what I think Xbox could, could make could 
It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. GTA 4, from a technical standpoint, even on the current consoles, is pretty impressive stuff. Mm. Um, even if the look isn't quite there and even if the frame rate isn't quite up to yeah. you know, what some of the stuff the Xbox and PS3 has done since. Yeah. Um, I, I have my doubts that we will see... Well, for starters, I have my doubts about those screenshots. I mean, they look great, but I doubt they're from consoles. Yeah, I think they're definitely relit or whatever. Yeah, it will be running under a really high quality render on PC or yeah. something that we'll, we hope to see. But I don't, um, I don't really. I mean, I, it'll look better than four. I mean, that's all I can ask for on the current gen. Possibly, especially given the increased scope. P- possibly. So I, I think the main scope for improving graphics on the current gen is stuff like lighting. If you look at Halo Four, it's like the amount of yeah they can't improve the geometry of the world too much because they just don't have the power to run that that kind of no so I, you put more effects on it i stuff. just kind of want to see slightly less bouncy handling and slightly of the cars mainly. oh they've said that, I've heard uh, and, that. And, a, and a generally better frame rate those yeah. are the two things i really want to see i'm not too fussed about increase of image fidelity because yeah. i'm not sure that, that, that i think they will struggle to pull that off yeah on the current consoles. But Although you could turn it way up on PC, it probably looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah, no, no. And on PC, don't care. Do what, yeah, they, do what they want. Exactly. If, it, if, it, if it looks like those screenshots on PC, then I believe that. Yeah, I think um, they could do that. Yeah, I don't know. Just got a little a little worry that they, yeah. that they won't have pulled that off. But maybe that explains some of the duration of the dev time. Yeah, it's taken a long time to make. A lot of... I mean, it must cost a fortune to make Grand Theft Auto. Mm. I mean, it's a massive, massive game. It's amazing that the games like. I wonder how well it sells compared to Call of Duty. You know, I just think it raw does. Raw figures well. and raw finance. I think it will. I think when it when GTA Four came out, it broke records, which have since been mm. beaten by Call of Duty. But mm. I'm thinking that possibly GTA Five will then come in again and be the next big beater. Even given its release time with the next gen. Yeah, I think it's even better because that's the like the most install base they're ever going to have in terms of the current gen, isn't it? If you think about True, it. True, but I I have a suspicion that the hardcore party, you know, people like us, I guess, may have you know, some urge to perhaps well, well I'm not going I can't if I'm buy, you know, I want to buy into next gen before Crimbo. I want to I I get that, that stuff, I get you know. That. I was like perhaps, you know, the, the package I buy in that is going to be enough. I'm not going to but on the other hand, I don't think the hardcore gamers are going to skip on what's probably going to be the, one of the best games of the year, just, and which they already definitely have the hardware to buy. To, but then again, like, if Sorry. you're thinking records and like, records like for GTA stuff has normally been like fastest selling and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, maybe not. Yeah, maybe because PC gaming has taken such a foothold. Yeah, and there's probably going to be a delay after the console releases before we see a PC version. Those yeah. records will remain. Un- unscathed Quite it might possibly you may we may see uh those yeah. records broken on the pc landscape i honestly don't know what the pc landscape for that sort of stuff is like but i think i don't know i think uh, you know saying it's going to break records I, i'm not convinced by no who knows no i don't know that but i know that the previous one did so we'll see yeah i think a combination of just timing end of life cycle yeah pc version undoubtedly probably you know with the hope that it comes out and i don't think they they, they can afford not to make a pc version mm. um it's yeah it seems that perhaps this one won't fare quite so well as four yeah. maybe four was the perfect storm of kind of the, the it, was, it was exactly the right time yeah and it was a great game <laughs> middle of a console cycle one hell of a scope step up over anything that had come before yeah it was it's 
But still, I don't really care if it sells at all because I'm going to play the shit out of it. It's going to be awesome. I'm beginning to think that maybe it will be one that I enjoy again. Maybe. I think you'd probably like uh, it. If, it. If they focus more on the story stuff, because I think that's they where will. I liked GTA the best, is when, when you're focusing on the story and less of the other stuff. Well, 4 had a quite decent... Like, yeah, but it's a, it had, the, the handling of some of the missions was just shit, to the point where you'd get stuck on one mission that right. was just goddamn awful. The one in particular that I just that made me stop playing the game mm-hmm. was the one where it's got an incredibly long sniper sequence... Oh, you start. mean the like building yard or whatever? Yeah, and then you, and then the you have to get site. into the building site. And what would always happen to me is I'd go through this sniper sequence, and because, you have to go up on a, like a lift yeah, inside yeah, yeah. the building. Yes, yeah, yeah, I remember that. One. And then it, which takes ages, and then you do all that, and then you get to uh, into a, what is a fairly large firefight. Yeah, up in front, firefight. and you can just explode at random. Like something will explode, and I didn't like, and that happened like three or four times. And I'm like, uh, like in the last one of those, I got quite far in, and then just exploded. And it's like I could not predict that was going to happen. I have no idea what hit me. I have no idea what happened. And then you have to do the whole thing again. Yeah, that's the From area. The start. Where that's like a almost like. A Max Payne kind of style mission, but like in GTA, it doesn't have, it doesn't really leverage any of the GTA strengths. That mission does no, it. No, no, it's got no, no big I mean, world I, stuff. No, no, like streets or anything. No, it does. It does allow for a number of opportunities. Well, yeah, I did. Well, that was one of my attempts was to just drive into the middle of this freaking place. Yeah. So like maybe I can bypass the fight mostly and just drive to where I need to go. Yeah. Like bundle my way through. Yeah, it just exploded immediately. Right. It's yeah. like, again, I have no idea what yeah. was causing me to explode. I don't know if there was mines or like some dude with a rocket launcher with incredible aim. Who it's knows? Like, don't know but it would just knows. explode. Right. And it would okay. just be like, well, and, and that literally just threw me off the game. And there were a couple of missions before that where I felt were equally janky. Um, there's one where there's like a, a combat mission inside an abandoned building and a chopper comes by and drops some dudes off and you've got to have a firefight in an incredibly enclosed space and they're coming from all kinds of random angles right and often some dude will just come up behind you and shotgun and you're dead right and it's like you know and then you'd have to do that whole sequence again yeah and it's like there was there was too much of that in four and, and this it's is like why you, know, you gotta hope that they but i loved the characters the and i loved the yeah like, when it was actually going into the cutscene stuff and to a lesser you know the driving stuff seemed mostly fine apart from going over the toll bridge and you know well you don't like having to stop and pay your toll it was kind of cool the first time this is just irritating. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I had, yeah, I had way too many problems before, but it, the less is more approach to gameplay mechanics will really appeal if that's what they're doing. I think they're definitely going. It's like San Andreas; they're just going kitchen sink, like loads of great, you know, just shovel the fun in there that they. they yeah, San, the San Andreas in. was okay, but my interest in that waned fairly quick. Yeah, um, I kind of that was probably my favorite of the. Three Vice City, San Andreas, or that's you know the three series. Um, I like San Andreas the most. I, I don't know. But... Vice City had less scope, but it was the biggest improvement. I don't know. It's hard to argue. Yeah, exactly. It is. I hard had to the argue. best aesthetic, obviously. The yeah. crazy eightiesness. But anyway, point anyway, I was making is I, I'm mildly more interested now. Yeah, <laughs> mildly. Anyway, so that's my great white hope for 2013. <laughs> Apart from the next gen, but that mm. game wise, that's it. Uh, I'm playing Bioshock, so <laughs> that's the other one. Uh, I've got another random bit of news. It's not exactly like hardcore news, but it's an article I read the other day um, that I thought was awesome. 
Uh, you may have already seen it because I linked it about a few places. All right. Um, but the um, a company called Greenheart Games um, put together a bit of uh, a game called um, the Game Dev oh, yeah, Simulator. Yeah, yeah. I heard about um, this. Which is, you know, uh, I think that I'm not, I don't know if it's the same guys that have been remake, that had an iOS version a year Game or, Dev Story. Or, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's the same guys. It might be like a. Um, a similar esque game, you know, right. someone who thought they could do better on that sort of thing, but for PC, kind of. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. want to get into that. You know, game cloning, blah. Um, but they decided that um, an interesting way for them to tackle piracy is to put um, um, their own version of the game out into the wild on BitTorrent. Just put it out there, like don't care. But what they didn't tell everyone. Um, is that in this specific version of the game is a uh, a fatal flaw that means that at some point during the progress of your your progress during the game, your software dev company that you are running will become subject to high rates of piracy and will eventually go bankrupt. And there's no way to avoid it. And it's the fact that it puts like on screen a big message saying saying, "Hey, because of piracy, your your studio is suffering real bad, um, and you you are currently losing money and stuff like that." And and then. <laughs> the best bit of the story is that people didn't, because it's subtle, people didn't realize this was a uh, an anti-piracy trick. So people were taking to the forums and stuff like that. I was like, Am I, my company's suffering from piracy. How do I avoid this? And like asking for legitimate advice. And it's like, you know he's a pirate. Well, yeah, but they fell into the obvious hypocrisy trap of releasing. They put the thing on BitTorrent. It wasn't someone didn't pirate it it's and a, put it on Victor. They put it on Victor as if it was pirated, but it wasn't pirated. Yeah, but what difference does that make? Because someone will do that immediately. Or, did, or would they? Every PC game that happens with every PC game, there's a pirated version maybe, immediately. Maybe the pirates wouldn't have cared about this one because apparently, according to the sale figures, compared to the number of people who actually bought it, compared to the number who pirated it. <laughs> Apparently, the actual number of sales was incredibly tiny, like tiny. much less than. But I'd imagine that that's true of again of most pirated games. I don't, don't think not in like big pirate, not like AAA or whatever. They're, they're, surely they're the ones that get pirated more. They get pirated because, more in know, quantity, he... but not in percentage. I would imagine. No, I'm not because sure the about AAA. That. On, like, I'm not sure about that at all. Uh, like, the whole point of AAA is, like, it's more people play it because it's more, you know, appeals to the masses or whatever, yeah. and the masses don't know how to pirate. <laughs> That's the pirates uh, that Okay, pirate. I see your point. Yeah, okay, maybe in AAA land, yeah, the percentage may have been slightly different. Um, it would have been interesting to see if they tracked Arkham Asylum because yeah. they added that. Um, they did a similar trick in the, in Arkham Asylum. You can get you, you don't ever gain the ability to glide. Yeah. Oh, cool. So you literally stuck at, oh, okay. one, at one point at one point in the game, and it doesn't let you progress because you never get the and it doesn't tell you. Right. So you just get screwed, basically. I think because it's man, that game is great. What they did was they made this specific version with the with the um, anti you know pirates, but that's not quite the same thing as making it detect that it's not. Legal and then changing things. Yes, yeah. the, the the degradation thing. Well, no, yeah, but that's, that's even this, this is the this is the easiest way to do it. You put out a yeah, version of the game. It's that easy, is... but not legitimately pirated then, because you've influenced the pirating scene by putting it yourself into the pirating scene. Yeah, yeah, but all it takes is one person to crack it, and then as soon as that person does it, they will seed it, and everyone else is just downloading. 
It's exactly the same. All it, it all it would take is one guy to crack that game, and then it's up, and then you would have exactly the same response. It's like entrapment. Zach's thinking it's like it, well, Dateline yes. NBC, like Chris Hansen, and <laughs> you walk into a room. And, you yeah, know, in, a, in a dumb way, you're right. It is entrapment, but you know they came out and it's it's. I think it's only really entrapment if you then prosecute against because <laughs> well, it's like you know. Yes, but then... it's the fact that you know it's it was an awareness experiment. And for the love, for, holy crap, it works. It's like it's like in terms of just it's inevitable. Yeah, but it's just that's that's how bad the piracy scene is. It's like the bit that's unforgivable in this case is that it's an eight dollar game. It's like it's, not, it's eight dollars. It's like I I kind of feel slightly more sympathetic to people that pirate a sixty dollar game because you know it's like if it's an eight dollar game, surely less people should pirate it than a triple A game where everyone should pirate it because of all that savings. <laughs> That's what he's saying. Yeah, that's why I'm saying I'm... Yeah, more, but, the, he, yeah, but you also bit, agree I'm, that the AAA titles don't get pirated proportionally as much. I'm agreeing with that because, like, with certain c- titles like Batman, let's put it that way, like Batman, but you could, uh, like, they will, you know, there's a certain expectation that they are going to be great. Um, if you were to put it alongside, I don't know, let's say... Uh, sort of, I wouldn't say AAA, but kind of in uh, games that release at that $60 price bracket, or, you know, 40, 45 pound price bracket here, yeah. that are of questionable quality, yeah. you know, where they're not quite top spec. I bet they must get pirated to shit because people will be like, just looking at that going, I'm not entirely sure about this. You know, I don't have the confidence in spending my bucks on this. But then do people not have confidence in small indie games? Because not, not every indie game is well, you probably know, a large proportion well, of indie games. Maybe, maybe. I, I think, you're, you know, actually maybe you're right there. But, you know, it's, I think, you know, by that logic, yes. But there's that ratio between what you expect from quality versus the price that kind of, feels that this makes it more morally wrong to me because you know you know it's an indie studio you know they need these sales to stay alive maybe they don't deserve to stay alive maybe they're making bad games (laughs) don't still don't pirate them they're not helping anything it's like they have a demo version of this game play the demo version and make your decision on that yeah in this precise scenario I don't think there is an excuse Play the demo. If you like it, buy the game. If you don't like the demo, don't buy the game. Don't pirate it. I don't know. Yep. But they didn't, so it's okay. <laughs> it's I found it was a really interesting story, and it was so interesting that that, that site got so many hits that their server crashed. <laughs> <laughs> and I did wonder for a while. They did come on Twitter and confirm because I did wonder for a while if it was like so the pirates actually got hold of it and launched a massive DDoS on it or something. But no, it was just their their Shitty server was server. down over through legitimate load. Yeah, yeah, crappy server probably. Which is probably more of an indication of how much these guys need your money. <laughs> so anyway, kudos to them for doing it. I think it was a cool experiment, and the irony is not lost. <laughs> So anyway, is that the news done? I wanted to talk about say uh, I'm looking forward to that Sid Meier's new strategy game thing for iOS, which seems to be based on World War One flying machines and planes. Oh yeah, yeah. Totally it looks kind of cool. It's a hex grid, but it looks like you can kind of turn-based control where the aerial combat's going and like the dog fights and stuff. I don't yeah. know how that would even work, but it kind of looks kind of awesome. So I'm looking forward to that. I want to give it a look. Can't remember what it was called, but uh, yes. Hey, I, patrol I, I, thing, flying patrol or something. I, I want a game on Outwitters. 
this one game that I've had going since it screwed me over that last time. <laughs> Finally won it. So there. Nice. Okay, I still I still quite like it, but you know. We should get on to what you've been playing, because Zach's got a few things. Maybe. We've potentially Well, let's talk totally three yeah. DS stuff, I suppose. Well yeah. yeah. That's, let's get going. that's like all of it. Well no wait, actually I totally played a small amount of Eve because some one random guy in IRC won't stop bitching at me because he's I'm the only person in there he knows also plays Eve. So it's like, why are you not playing Eve? Come into Eve, talk to me in Eve, join me <laughs> up in missions in Eve, and I'm like, I don't really play Eve that much either. <laughs> but you must have tons of resources and shit. I'm not giving them to him. <laughs> no, I know, but just in general, you're you're like pretty done Eve wise well yeah I guess that is the one of the main reasons that I don't play Eve as much where it's just like I've done I've With made the game yeah I've achieved my goals you've got as far as you basically can on your own and you don't want to join anyone else no exactly <laughs> um, I mean no is, is there anyone else in Eve who like just played by themselves and just probably became, must be yeah I don't know and never joined any corpse or any of the cool stuff I wonder if they go like highly experimental at this point and go right what the fuck can I get away with <laughs> well the other thing that's the other reason to log into Eve is that they've been doing it for the last like few months or so but and also in the run up to the next expansion which is coming up but they've been basically re sort of re-specking all of the ships so they so they've they, they're really trying to make it so that instead of in each ship class, they're just being the shit one and the good one, and then a gradient in between. Yeah. They're trying to make them all actually different and viable. Uh, more balanced. Yeah. So they've been rebalancing all of the different ships. They haven't done battleships yet, so they've done everything below battleships so far. Right. So logging in to see how your ships have changed is another reason for me to go back. But the, it'll only matter to me once they get the battleships. They'll be like, can I still do stupid missions in my overly ridiculous tanked battleships? <laughs> I mean that's that's I mean that's quite interesting because right? I was sort of a bit me hoped that when they would like rebalance stuff in Eve that they would perhaps rebalance it in the sense that the stuff you built from now on has these like or like, <laughs> like, like they keep the old version yeah there'd like be a new mark number or something like it's this being mark two which is slightly different from the you know the, so everything you currently have and you bought at the value of what you yeah I guess that is, that is the thing where it's like potentially the value of ships changes because of their new yeah. stats I mean given the EVE universe that seems like the more sensible thing to do like just bring out a new range of products and let the EVE economy sort it out they still haven't made good on the on the theoretical thing they wanted to do where they where they were going to make it so you could actually manufacture ships with different stats like you could edit a blueprint so they actually made a slightly different version of a ship and like corp brand it. So it's your your specific corporation's version of that ship. Oh, cool! But they haven't managed to do that yet. That could have been kind of neat, like yeah. skin, like the skinning. Well, yeah, skinning and stats changing. So yeah, huh. that would be pretty cool if they ever get round to it. I think they probably should do another like tech-free ship or two first because they only made that one tech-free ship and then were like moved on to other stuff. Because the tech free idea of having a sh- like a framework ship and then four different modules and then three different versions of each module, so you can actually have different stats on this same base ship. Mm. That's basically the I- same idea, apart from in a thing that they made instead of a <laughs> player built one. Mm. They should probably do another one because it's the only tech free thing that exists. So, what's happening in the like the recent update or? 
Uh, if, or has that update happened? Because I can't remember what happened in the last expansion. I, mean, I, know, I, mean, I know that they're planning on talking a lot more about Dust Five One Four in the yeah. upcoming, like whatever they call it, Eve Con. Or yeah, I heard something this. about a film or a TV series, or yeah, something based apparently. on player stories. Apparently, voting for that is up now. Oh, that could be quite interesting. It yeah. could be, but uh, I saw an article about it where it's like you're selling your you're selling your copyright copyrightable ideas for not very much. It's like if you win and get your story into this thing, you get like ten years of game time, right? Which is like quite a lot of money, but not as much money as you get if you actually, you know, sold a script to a TV production yeah, but what or whatever. Yeah. But these stuff. When you see player stories, these things, when, is it like made up player stories or is these things that happened in the game that they're going to try and dramatize or Probably the latter. both? Yeah, <laughs> I hope it's the latter. Yeah. Because that's cool in concept. But then, like, because that's already happened and stuff, anyone could report on it, perhaps, and that would explain a slightly lower price tag. Yeah. But, you know, a bit more like journalism than. But, I mean, and the other trouble with that is it's an internet vote. And <laughs> you know what happens with internet votes? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, something awful. Or all yeah, all yeah, yeah all, all win all of the prizes. <laughs> and also, what do you expect the budget to be for this show that they end up making? Well, I'm more interested in thinking about what the fight it's going to actually... Is it, like... I don't... I think I prefer it to be a CG series, not a live-action series. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. <laughs> Because, I mean, live action would theoretically work. It would just be like Battlestar or whatever. And there's not exactly much in the way of... Uh, well, they'd have to presumably contort events quite a lot to actually have people... People in it. Talking yeah, I guess that together, is, yeah, I guess that is true. Because like, you can't just have pod pilots doing everything, even though they are technically doing everything. But then that is, that's sort of a big problem with the EVE universe putting it into a story. Because... The pod pilots are the ones flying the ships and doing all the all the like, but you know, talking to each other and stuff. And then there's just like the crew of the ships who are basically just pushing buttons. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do anything actually interesting ever, or as far as we know, as far as capsule pilots care. And always, in the game, kind of presents itself that you know, for all you know, like the way that game always looks to me is that there is no crew really, and it's all just computer operated. Well, apparently, there is. Yeah, I know, like, in, 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 by that logic. But it's like the way the game sort of ends up presenting itself to you kind of makes it think that, you know, your ship is smart enough to just listen to your commands. Well, yeah, and... they never mention it. Right. Well, I don't know if they actually mention it in the game. They do, yeah, because of the they way it's tied it in to... backstories. Yeah, because it's the way that it's tied to your personal skills and the way that it's tied to yeah. stuff like that. It feels like, yeah, really, you're just telling the ship what to do. Yeah. You, know, you don't need this crew, per se, to... But yeah, it doesn't really work in a, a sense of personalities for a TV series. No, I mean because <laughs> the crew be... don't matter and the pilots aren't. They, they could do it like Thomas the Tank Engine and have the ships have like faces. <laughs> That's effectively what it is, right? <laughs> sort of. In a strange way, though, Eve is kind of like a the ultimate blank canvas for random space-related short stories. Isn't it? Because it's like you don't really need a universe to tie any story to. You could put any story you wanted into Eve, pretty yeah, much. I guess. Um, it doesn't have to have come from gameplay. It's just like you just, all it has to be is a story in space. Probably what's <laughs> actually going to happen is none of the stories are actually going to be in space. It'll be all political intrigue and stuff, like spies and stealing all your corp oh, assets. That's pretty or cool. Well, it's cool, but there won't be any spaceships because those are actually. 
They just intersperse it with shots of stations and cargo ships flying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Around. Like the story about the destruction of all that like... plex or whatever. Like, that oh, well, okay, maybe that one will have some space. That'd be kind of funny. Giant they could probably focus on the on the aftermath of that and the corporation dealing with that guy. <laughs> yeah, but it's like all these Eve stories won't actually involve very much space combat. And that's the kind of the bit that you want to see made into TV because space combat is always awesome. Yeah, but there are some massive battles, aren't there? And there was always, there's always some politics. Well, there are always some massive battles, but they are... The, but then they could have comedy filler episodes. I guess they ones where it's just like, oh, we just feel like a fight. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's like the battles in Eve don't really fit like dramatic tropes or anything. It's like Battlestar. You've got the whole idea of like jumping away and the last of humanity yeah. And, and yeah and all this. But whereas in Eve, it's just like two teams just being bring a big pile of ships and, and mash them into each other well, until got, one team dies. You've got the thing, gates, you haven't, though, haven't you? And like camping the gates and shit. That's kind of interesting. That's well, kind you can of just like do an esports episode. Like, present it like a, a game show. <laughs> Maybe. Aren't there traps and things you can do? There are, but they're so, they're so like, generic and common, I don't think that even makes... Right. That doesn't create good stories, I guess. No, I suppose not. It's like, Depends I walked into a bubble and then I was fucked. <laughs> <laughs> that would make a funny episode. Well, it depends on what you trap, I suppose. There could be some tales of interesting cargo. Oh, and... I guess there was that story quite recently of the guy in the titan who accidentally jumped himself instead of jumping the fleet yeah. right. that would probably make quite a good episode yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's like a titan plane appears and it's like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> oops <laughs> you clicked the wrong button yeah oh god <laughs> nightmare <laughs> oh, I love so that. Eve yeah so I played a small amount of that I did submissions and then I went and looked at my uh, like my agent history and realised that I had done missions with this agent for nearly an entire year. <laughs> like, oh look, 2011. <laughs> or 12, even. How old is your account? Mm, 10 years? Yeah, nearly 10. It'll be 10 this year. Nearly as old as the game itself, but not quite. The game is 10, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Bloody hell. Still going strong. Yep. Fairly strong. But still think... unique. Yeah, still unique. Still continuing. To I don't know if anyone would actually attempt to build a game like Eve no. again. No, if you Probably know what I mean. Like, oh, like, <laughs> holy crap! That was an ambitious project from the start, but what it's become is incredible. <laughs> this is like, and still not something I really want to get involved with. Yeah, no. I just want to hear about it. I just want to watch the TV series. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like my story that I should submit for the TV series is. From the trouble with my story, don't give it away. Right, <laughs> it doesn't work because it's based on it, it was like way back in like 2003 or whatever so everything's different now uh-huh. but like by, pretty much when I first started playing it's like I accidentally <laughs> it was because of the stupid police aggro mechanics or whatever how when you commit a crime in space the the Concord dudes come up and come in and blow you up yeah but back in the day they, they weren't nearly as because nowadays it might as well just instantly pop your ship. And it might as well not even bother with Concord. It might as well just <laughs> cause your ship to randomly explode. Because it's basically <laughs> the same thing. Right. But back in the old days, you could actually escape the police. Like if, so that was my stupid story where it's like, I walked into an asteroid belt and there was a mine. And I was like, there's a mine that's going to annoy me if I run into it. So I better shoot it to get it out of the way. But it turned out it was a police mine. Because oh, no. <laughs> the police had just been fucking throwing mines around. <laughs> Completely <laughs> unsafely. So I shot it, and then they walked in and tried to kill me, but I was actually in a tiny, fast ship and managed to outrun them. <laughs> it's like, fuck you, please. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That could be like a random like segment in the middle of an episode or something. They just see some dude go, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's Eve. That sounds a lot more fun back in the day when you could outrun the police. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, what happened to like your wanted state in that case? Like, would you fly back into that space and they'd still be like, hello? I don't know how it actually worked in the old days because in the transition from that state to this state, there was a point where you could escape, but then more of them would just wharf in on you when you got to wherever you were going. Yeah, right. But I think in the old days, they didn't something. I was only one jump away from home base anyway, so it probably wasn't too much effort to escape. Did it, like, cool down or something? Probably. Oh, yeah, and that's the other thing that I was different about even when I logged in. They've actually done quite a lot of UI adjustments now, hmm. again. So there's all kinds of fancy new shit where, like, the tithing reticles, the, when you've got people locked, it shows their health as bars rather than circular bars rather than lines. Oh, I see. And in space, there's a... They've tried. I think they've actually started to try and cram too much information into into like the space UI now because it's like you've got the little cross thing that marks a ship. Yeah. yeah. But then, like on the outside of the cross, you've got little inwards pointing arrows when they're in lock range. Okay. And then, if you're locking them, if there is like, then they have like a red or yellow glow around them to tell you whether they're shooting at you or not. Hmm. And then, when you lock them, they get your circular rescue, and it has a countdown that tells you how long it's taking to lock. It's like everyone's getting a bit clustered. <laughs> it's always too much information. I don't know. I, I, some of the old design of how those reticles and stuff looked was kind of, you know, over stylistic in a way. So perhaps you know, if it's just a cleaner look, that I don't know, more, I think more information in the same amount of. I feel like they've tried to make it more stylish. It's less square. There's more circles now. Mm. I don't think I like that. I think I prefer squares. (laughs) Fair enough. Obviously. Uh, Yeah, there's something about the aesthetic of that game that is kind of, with the exception of the capacitor wheel. Yeah. um, And the stuff in there that always kind of felt kind of, you know, like old terminal style graphics. You know what I mean? That kind of blocky text and... And they've done the they've Squirry. done something that all games should always do, which is make their UI repositional. Yeah. So when you have like the damage numbers, where when you're shooting things and things are shooting you, it tells you yeah. how much damage they do. They've actually changed that as well because it used to just be a single bit of text that would appear in the middle of yeah. the screen. So now you can reposition it, but it's also just like it's a text scroll now, so it shows everything that's happening and it just scrolls past. Oh, okay. And fades out as it goes round, hmm. which is actually kind of cool. And you can like change how detailed that bit of text is. So you can just have it say whether it hits or not, and you can have actual damage numbers, and you can say what type of gun it actually was that was doing that damage. Can you make that window so it has like a bigger max size then? So you could have like a an event trace coming up on well, you've got one the... side of the screen or on your second screen or I don't know if you can make it make that bigger, but the event the the actual log window that you can have open separately tra- oh, okay, tracks right, that yeah. stuff anyway. Okay, yeah. That's pretty cool. So yeah, plenty of UI to fuck around with. I didn't always like how they evolved the UI. It's pretty. Although, do they, the, does the UI still react to lighting? That used to be my like my stupid <laughs> favorite thing about that old UI that it would have like little light hints on it based on the direction you were facing. I don't know actually. I, but I get the feeling they removed that. Well, the thing about a me. lot of the new UI is it's all it's all transparent. It doesn't have like the grey boxes any longer. Like yeah. the overview is just transparent lines on the background of space, yeah, okay. rather yeah. than a grey box like your cargo bay or whatever. Yeah, I think the cargo bay is still like that. So yeah, Eve. <laughs> so 
Nintendo. Yeah, I think that was everything else that I played this week. Just Eve. Right, give us a tiny bit of Guild Wars. Oh, and there's the the end of April event has started, and that is a time limited one, so we'll actually have to go and oh, okay. maybe try and do it. Well, I don't know. Depends whether you want to. Is so, it, is it a, interesting? It's a five man dungeon, so we actually yeah, have to form a group or whatever. Maybe we could try that. LFG. Because I guess we haven't done one of those yet. No, we haven't. <laughs> one of the normal one. ones. Yeah, I haven't gone both of those, so yeah. So we might try that. Yeah, I'm up for that. Yeah. So that's Guild Wars 2. Uh, Nintendo. The 3DS. Nintendo! So, first of all, let's talk about not actually the games that I own. <laughs> game was because it that said Nintendo like that? Was it like one of Mario 64? Ones. Mario Kart 64? Yeah. Nintendo! Yeah. Yeah. Didn't it make the little coin sound? Oh, no, no. That had the cart sounds and the Nintendo logo just spanned faster. Right. And got blurry. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that one. Carry on. <laughs> it's like, so on the 3DS, there's games that I don't own because I didn't really realise that. I didn't even think about this until after I bought the 3DS. It was like, it's on, it's on the internet. So you can go to a shop and you can buy games directly or you can download demos. Yeah. Preview games. And I was like, oh, holy shit. I could actually try before I buy, I guess. Yeah. On portable games. On your mobile device. It's kind you don't of have weird. to pirate them. Not you can demo them. Anyway. <laughs> well, I don't know. The DS was rife with piracy. Well, yeah, the they DS, don't sell yeah. those R4 cards anymore, do they? Yeah. No. <coughs> so yeah, I downloaded several demos of stuff. Also because there's this promotion that they're doing for the next month or so where if you buy free games, free games you get a fourth one free but fourth it's fourth one free fourth one free <laughs> <laughs> but you only you can only choose out of these eight specific games right and since Fire Emblem and Luigi's Mansion are two of them you've already got them. <laughs> I already have those so Damn I only it. need to buy one more game and I'll get another game <laughs> oh okay so it's still even though you've bought them you have the codes or whatever. yeah it's okay. just Club, Club Nintendo or whatever so oh you, cool so you, you only just need enter to those buy codes. One only, yeah I only need to buy one more so I was trying to see about getting demos of the ones that are on that list that I was interested in. And well, there's basically only three or maybe four. There's three or maybe four of the other ones. There's Monster Hunter. There's... Uh, shit, I forgot the rest of them. There's Donkey Kong Country Returns. Return, remastered or whatever the fuck it is. That sounds good. There's Animal Crossing. That's good. And... Uh, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Wow, some of the, that's quite good. The Donkey Kong Country one is supposed... From what I've heard, the 3DS version sounds like it's going to be better than the Wii one, and the Wii one was quite was well really received. Good, yeah. Because yeah. well, they've removed the waggle requirement, which well, apparently yeah. was like the problem yeah. with some of the controllers in that. But it's like, out of... Those are the four that I had, don't already own that I'm interested in. It's like the other ones I don't care yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not really... That interest in Donkey Kong Country because I never had any interest in, in like the original, obviously because it was snares or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> so, I think it'd be worth a bash. I think, I think it'd be yeah up your street. But then, so I, there, there's a demo of Monster Hunter. There's now a demo of the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon because that doesn't that's not even out yet, so right. you can't actually do. What is Pokemon right? Mystery Dungeon? Though? Well, I'll come to that in a minute. Okay. And there's also what was the third one I said? Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing, right. That's just Animal Crossing. That's just obviously. Animal Crossing. Don't need, to need a demo of that. It's the same fucking game again. But Tom. I've never played one of those games before, so I guess I technically really? don't know that. It's Tom Nook and all that. Yeah, exactly. I know enough about it to know what Animal Crossing is like. Give him up money. <laughs> yeah. I love how everyone in Animal Crossing is really snarky and stuff. That's the best thing about Animal Crossing. Yeah, clearly. 
But uh, so I was trying to decide. I downloaded the demo of What's Hunter. And that's clearly not a demo for anyone who doesn't already know what Monster Hunter is about, because it doesn't tell you fucking anything. It's just like, select which one of these two monsters you want to hunt, the easy one or the hard one, and then go. <laughs> I bet the game doesn't help you anymore. No, I wonder if it is one of those sorts of games. It's like Demon Cells. Well, possibly, since it's like... It might tell you part. something about the actual controls. <laughs> yeah, that probably, would be nice. But not actually much about mechanics, I guess. But yeah, it took me like quite a long time of fucking around with the controls in the demos and even have a clue of what the buttons do. And then what what I actually discovered thereafter was these controls don't make any fucking sense to me either. Because it's all kinds of... You have, a, you have your, like, instantly accessible item, which you have to push, like, A to activate when you've not got your weapon drawn. And in order to put your weapon away, you have to push Y, obviously. <laughs> not A again or anything, because that's oh. attack normally. Well, obviously. But, um... And then if you want to change your instantly accessible weapon, I mean, item, you have to hold down L, which changes your item slot into, like, a wheel. But then instead of pushing left and right, which you'd think would be the obvious control, you have to push A or Y, which is, like, left or right on the buttons. Yeah. And I can't imagine me being able to change... Think about changing my weapon at the same time as moving in the world. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So why not just use left and right? That would be much less complicated. Well, maybe you need it later. Well, considering considering you also can't use an item and have your weapon out at the same time. Yeah. Because it's, it's all animation priority or whatever, so you have to stand yeah. there and do the animation to drink the potion. It's not like an instant thing. Right. Do you have to stand still while you're doing the animation? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like so the fit. ability to be able to control your movement during that process is it's irrelevant, yeah. Right, I see. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't get along with that, and I don't... But I guess you could be selecting the health potion while you were running to the safe distance. Yeah, If you yes. got it down in your brain. Yeah, if you had the dexterity to pull that off. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I didn't get along with it. And I I don't know. That one didn't seem like it was... I thought it might be interesting. Yeah. And I was like, you I, know... To be fair, that's going to be hard work compared to, like, Donkey it's Kong. A, it's a pretty hardcore game, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's why I sort of was interested. But then... It, I, did, I guess it just doesn't appeal to me. You got Fire Emblem. It would keep you busy a real long time. <laughs> so in most games. Uh, and then, yeah, so I, the other one that's just come out was Mis- Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, which I'm actually more interested in, in than I thought I might be. Because, well, sort of, it's hard to tell. It's one of, it's a, one of those things where it's hard to tell about how much I might actually like it. Because what it appears to be is... Mm a sort of Pokemon roguelike, basically. Right. It's got randomly generated dungeons and you go into them and you walk around and you fight things and you get items and shit and you have to go down the levels of the dungeon to get to the boss or whatever at the bottom and they're randomly generated. And I'm like, well, that sort of sounds good, I guess. It's kind of a weird casing of this Pokemon game. And it's it's a pretty weird fucking story as well. <laughs> From like what little you get right well what for the even for the Pokemon universe. Yeah, because that's maybe why it's weird, because it doesn't seem to really be set in the Pokemon universe. Okay. Because I guess this is actually the story, because it appears that the demo is just the start of the game. It's not like putting you in anywhere different. But it's like so at the start, it's you're you're in a dream and and the the text box which is you talking to yourself is saying, it's oh I'm dreaming or some shit. <laughs> Not, it obviously doesn't say that. Or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dreaming or sorting. 
Yeah. It's that alien. And then, so you're in this dream, and then you change into a Pokemon. I mean, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> Which one? Any fun. Well, you get to choose from five. There's Pikachu, obviously, because everyone's going to fucking pick that. <laughs> what else do I get? And then you get uh, the grass and water... St- you get the free starting Pokemon from the Diamond and Pearl generation. Right. So you can be Tepig. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. I'm totally choosing Tepig. Tepig? Tepig is awesome. And then randomly, like, the uh, like a, a rock rock dragon type, which you won't like know. Onyx type thing. No, it's not Onyx. It's no, like, no, but... It's actually a really small... It's like Pikachu size, basically. I guess that's probably why they chose right. that one. Because <laughs> it fits the model. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, that one just seems like completely random, especially considering it's like Pichu and the free starters. And then this other random guy. Okay. But yeah, so you change into a Pokemon and then you fall into the world just out of the sky. And for some reason you don't die or anything, I guess Pokemon are immune to fall damage. (laughs) (laughs) And then you you wake up and there's another Pokemon there. Who you get to choose as well as one of the other four because it's like your, your teammate, basically. Right. And... And then they start talking to each other because Pokemon can totally talk to each other without just saying their name. Yeah, or whatever. but that's probably what is. This is the first time we've seen it from their perspective, so maybe they do talk yeah, to each other. Like, and... Maybe, but then, but then, the, practically, you you then explain to this other Pokemon about what just happened, like you were dreaming, and then you got chased into Pokemon and you fell into the world, and that Pokemon then declares that there's no humans in the world. Humans don't exist; they're a myth. It's like. This is apparently not happening in the normal Pokemon universe then. Okay. Because <laughs> you just don't exist. You're in a dream. Well, yeah, but you're, are you in a dream or and you're meant to, your mission is to save this world of Pokemon from something? Yeah, because there's no humans to mess it up. Yeah. So again, what are you gonna and then all the Pokemon are just like, they run shops and shit. <laughs> <laughs> They're not just like Pokemon Pokemon. They run Pokemon centers. No, not Pokemon centers, just shops. Well, Human centers. I guess, yeah, well, I guess there might be a Pokemon Center at some point. That would be, be, be a really funny game where it's like a role reversal where you're the Pokemon training humans. Well, I, I guess it would be weird if Pokeballs ever turn up because yeah, that's true. Well, and, the, like, why would, and then why would a Voltorb or an Electrode exist? Because they exist because they look like Pokeballs. Yeah, yeah. So if they exist in that game, that would be weird. Unless Pokeballs were modelled after them. Does Pokemon have an evolutionary thing going on in the, in in general? What, what do you mean? Like, are Pokemon's considered to have evolved? Like in the story, in the backstory wise, like like did Voltorbs evolve to look like Pokeballs in order to avoid getting caught by Pokeballs or some shit? I think I think that's mentioned in like Red and Blue, isn't it? Because because the idea when you when you see items in the world, they look like a Pokeball, don't they? Yeah. And then you get caught out by that because you walk up to one and try to pick it up and it turns out it's a vault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it's like, I guess that sort of is, I think that's inferred that they, that they have, that is a deliberate camouflage type thing. Yeah. I was just wondering if, if they avoided the whole topic of creationism or whatever, or whether they never talk about, because it's a kid's game, right? Well, yeah. Perhaps they never talk about the, the no, idea yeah, of evolution. Why, why would they? Yeah. I mean, you know, evolution exists in a flash of lightning and a sudden change in, of your entire physical makeup. That's <laughs> yeah, a different but, kind of evolution. Yeah. But I think it's sort of inferred that Pokemon... Because, I mean, it's natural selection more than evolution, and that yeah. still works for Pokemon. Right, yeah. 
because obviously they they're adapted to their environments. Yeah, like quite severely in most cases. Yeah, that's true. Where it's like, oh, we all live in lava because we're fire <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, this mystery dungeon game seems kind of interesting. But, but you're um, not in a dungeon; you're in the world. Well, no, it, you go into like caves and shit. All oh, right, okay. Which are dungeons, mysterious dungeons. Mis- yeah, they are literally called mystery dungeons because of the way their layout changes every time you go in there. Because ah. they're randomly generated. Ah, no, no. Okay. Yeah. And so I was like, well, that's kind of interesting, but the, you can't, the thing that you can't tell is how deep it's going to get. Because, well, I guess I should say how you actually go. When you go in the dungeons, you walk around from square to square, and there's enemies that walk around from square to square, and like your teammate follows behind you, mm-hmm. and then the actual position, when you find an enemy, you have to stand in the square next to them, face them, and then you can, then you bring up like a menu that has your actual normal Pokemon moves, and then you do a fight. Right. And then your health regenerates while you're walking around. So it's like, it's actually still got the same battle mechanics from Pokemon, almost. Okay. Apart from just in the world. Oh, weird. And then you can level up your Pokemon and get change the moves and stuff, just like you can in regular Pokemon. So it's like, that automatically sort of makes it deeper. Right. But, like, how much? Is, it, is this just going to be easy all the way through, because it's a kid's game, or is it actually still going to have some elements of challenge? Hmm. And the randomly generated thing is always a bonus because it just means... Also, apart from... I mean, there's randomly generated dungeons in the story, but then there's this really dumb, pointless extra feature for the AR capabilities of the 3DS's cameras where you can make new random dungeons by taking a picture of a circular object in the world. Any circular object you can take a picture of will create... In the real world. Yeah, will create a new random dungeon based on its colour and size. Okay. Which is kind of fancy. What? So if you take a picture of, like, this coaster, yeah. you'll get a new dungeon out of it. Yeah. And if you take a picture of the same coaster again at a different time, you get the same dungeon, potentially? Potentially. <laughs> it may <laughs> have not. similar characteristics, but it'll be a different layout. Presumably. It's probably only... I think it's only based on colour and size, which I guess is the easiest things to determine from a picture. <laughs> right. Size, What though? about texture? Like, so if it was, like, the end of this tea strainer? <laughs> I wouldn't have thought it would pick it up very well for texture. It's probably not accurate enough to detect that. Apparently, like, the size is meant... Probably, well, it says that the size of the object is meant to determine the difficulty of the dungeon. And then I would guess the colour probably determines, like, the elemental type, probably. Seeing as... Well, I took a picture of a pound coin. Yeah, as you do. (laughs) It's round. And it created a dungeon that was, like, spark dungeon. And I was like, well, that's yellow, obviously, for electric. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So I guess that's probably what it's doing. But it's like, so that's kind of cool in its own sort of weirdly collectible way of like, go around and take pictures of interesting circular objects to get different colours and sizes. What well, if it's like, like, say, the the speaker cone and my thing where it's like black and yellow concentric rings? Well, it probably does the majority colour. With a grey outset. Or, or would it, or would you have like a dungeon that would mix those quantities? <laughs> that would be very fancy. That would be pretty that. cool. But yeah. Cool. So it looks kind of interesting. That might be tempting as the free game but I'm not still not sure about which one of the other three but it's basically between Donkey Kong and Animal Crossing I think you'll like Donkey Kong but 
I would get Donkey Kong and get Animal Crossing free. I think that would be yeah, that would be my. I think that's the that's the way around. I'd probably take it. But if you want a crazy ass game like Monster Hunter or random Pokemon randomness, not that I'm really interested in Animal Crossing either. No, to be honest, but I'm probably less interested in Animal Crossing than I am in this Pokemon game now. I just want to see what the weird shit they. It's like Pokemon talking to each other, and they have like dumb personalities based on the Pokemon because right. the Pokemon have personalities. You have to choose to pick. It's obviously obviously to pick is is the one to go for. You want to see like a fire pig? Yeah. yeah. So he's going to be a lava glutton. <laughs> yes, obviously. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> Rob's in. Rob's in. Okay. Right. So yeah, that was the demo scene. Oh, and also, As it unrelatedly, I downloaded the demo of Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm, the stupid rhythm game based on Final Fantasy music, and that's just a rhythm game based on Final Fantasy music. <laughs> Not much to say about it. Mm-hmm. The demo is kind of bad in that it only gives you two songs and one only it's like one battle music, Final Fantasy Eight battle music, and the world mu- world map music from Final Fantasy Thirteen, which I never played, so I don't care about. So, and I only barely know about Final Fantasy VIII, so I don't really have much nostalgic attachment to either of those songs. So it wasn't like, oh, fuck yeah. It was like, well, I guess that Final Fantasy VIII music is pretty awesome because I that was okay. Yeah, pretty good. Although it is weirdly pretty like... Pretty much all of the music in FF8 is pretty great. Oh, yeah, that's true. But it is like the the weird... It's not even just the normal battle music. It's the, it's the mysterious man- other dude... Uh, the other the, team of dudes battle music. Yeah, it's, it's the Laguna team. Fight music when you're having flashbacks to mysterious or flash sideways or whatever the fuck that actually is. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, to, to to their storyline for some reason. Yeah, they should have just put fucking Final Fantasy Seven in there. I mean, come on. Oh no, no, come on. That's the they wouldn't put that in the demo. They, they, yeah, but, they want you to pay for that. Come on, that's the most famous themes. Yeah, but they should have picked more, like slightly more, because I don't think. Anyone's nostalgic for Final Fantasy Thirteen, so that was a complete wash. <laughs> well, no, yeah, I think yeah, but they probably that was probably a stupid decision. You're not hooking anyone with that. And then Final Fantasy Eight is not really very many people's favorite either. Oh no, wait, no, oh sorry, you said thirteen. Sorry, I was thinking like eleven or fourteen. You know, the online ones. You're not hooking out. Thirteen's got fairly decent music. Yeah, but it's the field music as well, so it's not even like the. Oh no, I remember now. Sorry, you did show me this. Yeah, it's the vocal field music from like. The, like the first virgin area you discuss, you find in Cocoon, yeah, with the singing and everything, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's like there's better versions of that theme. <laughs> there's probably better music in Final Fantasy Thirteen in general. Yeah, you see, there's a second um, fight music is awesome in Thirteen. A, fi- a second Final Fantasy Thirteen sequel thing. Yeah, so yeah. I still need, I still want to play Thirteen too. Actually, I think my brother was working on the website for, for Lightning Returns. So that's demos, I guess. And uh Go on, give us a give us a quick run through of Fire Emblem. Well and Louis Action. It's review time! There's two more of <laughs> us on the Reviews. <laughs> game! So Luigi's Vaction is a pretty good game and it's Luigi's Vaction. So right. you know. Is there really much to say like how does it how does it differ? I mean does it differ in good or bad ways? I think Probably I would have preferred it to be more like the original because they it's basically they've introduced them that it's a lot more structured in that you just have missions where it's like here's where you start and then you have to get to this place 
and then it, you know you have mid mission objectives where it's like you go there and this is what I was expecting so I have to go somewhere else mm. and you, so it's all very directed and the places where you're not meant to go are just blocked off in where it's like oh I'm going to have to use this ability I don't have yet to do that in a minute when like the next mission yeah but the first game did that well, it did that, but it was just in sort of an open world. There, you there got is... the abilities by well, no, just finding them. Pretty you much. didn't necessarily. Well, you didn't necessarily get the abilities to open an area, did you? You got like when you defeated a floor or a section of the game, the door just sort of opened. Well, no, I was talking. You do get abilities in the original keys, where or... you got like the fire blowing or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose you you found those, but you only got those when you got to a certain section, and there was no real. Uh, you know what I mean? Your progression through the game was always kind of like, you know, when you were talking about block doors and things, it wasn't the ability that held you back. Well, you no. just got a key. Yeah, but it's still, it was still more open, I guess. Or it feels more open. And like, I mean, in the missions in, in this one, you're going through like only a few rooms and it's just, it's you know, it's, lo- it's not really a puzzle to work out how, how to get to where you need to go. You just have to find the one other exit from the room you're in. <laughs> so you're not really exploring. You're just progressing through each of It's like you're going to come, come into the room and maybe there's some ghosts. And then oh, well, you- <laughs> do you think the progression feels more linear, even if it, yeah, even if it isn't necessarily so, because you know, you had limited scope in the first game for, yeah, but it, it- rooting. It's kind of just felt more like a sort of natural... Well, it felt more natural in this one mansion of just going into these different rooms, mm. whereas now it's all... It's like everything is set up for this very specific progression. Maybe they felt that was to avoid because the first Luigi's Mansion had a few problems with you not quite knowing what you were actually supposed to be doing yeah. in certain rooms I mean, at that- certain times. You could spend quite a lot of time just messing around in there before you realise oh actually I can't do anything yet yeah and you know there'll be a really obvious thing that would happen like moments later if you just took a different direction <laughs> yeah that sort of says oh right I've got to do that I guess that does kind of avoid that problem and I suppose there are, those are those are kind of cool moments when you suddenly get that sudden realisation of oh but then at the same time there's in the back of your mind it's going could have done that a lot faster well, and I've just given up <laughs> I guess the, I mean even with this much more sort of linear design i still think there's been a couple of times where i've had things where i've got just got stuck and been like what the fuck do i even do here <laughs> for quite a while and then been like oh shit that was maybe maybe i was thinking too hard <laughs> oh and also the other thing the other like the mechanic of there being hidden items that you have to illuminate with with the special torch mm-hmm. and then they like they appear sometimes i that's got me in a sort of a, I guess it's sort of reminiscent of Metroid, where it's like, where it's like, you're trying to be too clever, where the actual answer is just, there was an invisible object here all along, and I just didn't try fucking looking for it. Hmm. There was this one thing where I, was, I had to walk across this cog, and I was like, well, obviously I have to activate these cogs, because they aren't moving, and they're going to become a platform that I can jump on. And so you go down, you follow the only other path in the room and you come down onto this big cog and it's like, well, this is just a dead end. It's like, I can't go anywhere here. So I must have to, I was, I was like looking around. I was like, I have to vacuum something somewhere. There must be a chain to pull or something. And then it was just like, oh, the next cog that I should be able to walk over just is invisible. <laughs> it was just invisible. 
And I did fucking try shining the light on it to see if there was a fucking giant oh. invisible cog in this obvious hole. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, I see. Mysterious. It's like it's too easy. It's too obvious. You're you're trying to think of ingenious puzzles that might be hidden somewhere in the room rather than just look at, like shining a fucking torch on it. <laughs> I think it should have been a Wii U game. It probably should have. And the controls... And that's the other thing that's weird about the controls is that... Well, because the first game was kind of Nintendo saying... Hey, look! We've now got two sticks. Yeah, here's some interesting mechanics we can do with these two sticks. Well, that's like, that, like the kind of pulling stuff and the yeah, um, you know, here's here's how we can make something interesting. That's kind of the problem with this game's control system is because they don't have two sticks. It actually doesn't work as good any longer because mm. now when you're charging up the flashlight to stun the enemies, you're fixed in direction. Yeah, you're you just locked in one direction. Yeah. Which makes it really fucking... There's certain types of enemies that are fucking... I can't work out a good way to deal with them because there's this one specific type of ghost that always sneaks up behind you, but they're invisible unless you shine them with the special light. Hmm. Although you can still stun them even when they're invisible. You just don't know where they are unless you shine them with the special light. But I can never... I can never wait until they come out behind me and then accurately turn around and shine the special light on them to mm. find them. I just, they always manage to sneak up on me, even though I'm constantly like turning in random directions and shining the light all over the place. Mm. Maybe it's intentional. Maybe there's just no way to do it, but it doesn't seem like there's any, that doesn't feel right. No. It doesn't seem like there's any way to combat those. And it's just not that control scheme of being locked in a direction and being unable to, you can't move and face a different direction or whatever. It's not like dual stick. <laughs> Could you, like, while you're facing that direction, sort of just circle straight and perhaps lead him a bit so he ends up facing you? Maybe, but that seems like... I'm not sure you'd be able to manoeuvre fast enough because sp- uh, when you've got, like, a torch, the special torch or the normal torch charging, you move a lot slower, of course. Mm. Oh, yeah. So I'm not sure you'd be able to manoeuvre enough to do that. So, yeah, it still feels kind of weird. You've still got the pull mechanic. And because it's not dual-sticked any any longer, I didn't really understand this because I'm not sure they really tutorialize it. But it, the idea is you you pull away from the away from the direction the ghost is pulling to charge up the suction, mm. and then once it reaches a certain point, you push A, and it does like an extra bit of suction that helps capture them faster rather than just waiting for the number to go. Down. Okay, so yeah, different mechanic there. But what they don't really explain is that. The idea is you're meant to use that ability, use the, you're meant to not suck and deliberately let yourself get dragged around in order to evade attacks. So it's like when you're fighting one ghost and there's other ones nearby, mm-hmm. you're deliberately meant to let go and let it pull you out of the way of the other attacks. Right. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's pretty cool in its own weird way, but I can imagine that being quite hard to get the hang of. Yeah, and they don't, they don't really ever explain it. I guess because it's not its not really a control, it's like a non-control. Yeah, it's like, don't do this. <laughs> to, it's like, don't do the thing that you're always doing and feels natural to do. Yeah, that's interesting. That's, I, I, that, that's, that's intriguing to me. But the, the trouble with that idea as a mechanic is like, that's a sort of good idea... But because of the scope of the game, it's just not, there's not enough room to maneuver most of the time. So you don't actually have, really have chances to do that. Right, so what, where you end up getting pulled to. 
it probably isn't out of range of the attacks or yeah, okay. it's in such a small room you're going to like get dragged around a corner and back into all the areas. <laughs> right. So that's another reason why it could have been better on the Wii U, I think. Could have, I mean, just the control scheme would have been more, I think... Well, yeah, I think it could have been a good candidate for doing stuff with the... Because of the well, with the screen, yeah. Yeah, obviously. with the screen and stuff in a sort of scan the room kind of way. Yeah. And, you know, as you say, better things that it could have benefited... Well, didn't you mention at some point that it's not actually that well suited to being a portable game because of its structure? Oh, well... Someone mentioned that. Might not have been me. I, I also heard that mentioned. Um, yeah, the missions are fucking long and it doesn't save mid-mission. It's like each of the missions can oh, easily take hope, half an hour. So you have to hope your standby covers it Yeah, if you need to stop. Yeah, I mean, that that is... That, that's where I get annoyed with like portable gaming because it's like there seems to be this shift in the... Well, you sort of saw it on the PSP for a bit and you sort of not quite so badly I suppose I picked the games that were more portable <laughs> portable centric yeah but there's you know this move away from or this uh, move from console-esque gaming into your hand um yeah it, they're not they just don't work for where you'd want to use a portable device most or well, I mean, where, the, where most people choose to use their portable devices. Like, I'm sure it's been discussed plenty before. Or the, really, the whole the whole idea of the 3DS is exactly that problem. It's like, hold it in a very specific place, very still, directly in front of your face. Yeah. <laughs> totally not suitable for being on any public transport or any of that yeah, kind of think stuff. about it, even games like Lumines and stuff weren't actually that well suited to that, that theorem because, you know, a good game of Lumines would take well over an hour. <laughs> well, that's if you're playing it to actually set a score. If you're well, not just playing it for the musical or, entertainment. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? But if you're playing it as a game, <laughs> yeah. you know, I would, I would be running... Well, if you're well, good at it, well, yeah, I'd be running well over an hour by the time I'd finished the loop on Lumines One. Yeah, you know what I mean, and be starting playing from Shining again. Yeah, um, and at that point, it gets really quite difficult. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Luigi's Mansion is pretty good. Also, this is a weird thing about it, but I when I when I looked it up and, and looked at like box art and, and the actual box. Yeah. I realise, for some reason, it's not called Dark Moon, at least not in the UK release. Oh, oh really? I think it's only the American one that has an actual subtitle on it for some reason. Ah, oh, so in the UK... Oh, so it's just oh. Luigi's Mansion 2. I don't mind that. Yeah, I guess it makes more sense. Even though the Dark Moon is the actual critical item in the game, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, subtitles kind of annoy me. Just in general. Well, unless your game is significantly different than a than a you know it's like Galaxy Two, you know it's fine. It's you know it's a it's a, it's a yeah, but Galaxy Two is a, like that was more like Galaxy Part Two. <laughs> but yeah, you know what I mean. It's a, it's, it's a, it's <laughs> that one a, definitely didn't need a subtitle in any way. It's a more direct sequel than Mario sixty four to Mario Sunshine. Say you know that I you know you wouldn't <laughs> and and for the fact that calling it Mario sixty four two or Mario one two eight would be kind of dumb. Yeah, um, when you've already got numbers in your title, you've screwed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mario one two eight never really happened, did it? What was right. that? It was a tech demo, basically. It was always sort of the rumor keeps resurfacing every now and then that there was a game behind it that they've never really quite managed to get the mechanics working. Mm. And you know, no one's ever really sure if that then resurfaced as Galaxy that Galaxy was one two eight, or that right. the idea never really happened. made it to that's that's the myth anyway. Yeah. And Shigsy's never really 
spilt the beans on it, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. I saw an, an interview the other day with Gabe Newell, and he said his favourite game was Mario 64, and he was really disappointed in Sunshine. I'm not sure why. I like Sunshine. I know, I know you guys do, but yeah. he was saying, weren't you just so disappointed in it's Sunshine? What, like, it's some of the... Um, Retro do 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 stuff. Yeah, the retro in, in, in sunshine. Well, you don't have the backpack. <laughs> well, coincidentally, yeah. in some you do. Well, not the ones that have that the floating blocks in space mechanic. Most no, of some, those, some have the backpack. no. They like. I'm pretty sure. Oh, unless it's the second time. You yeah, get the in, second time okay, you do yeah. them, you get the backpack, so you can. Okay. Yeah. Well, some some of those are considered like the best 3D Mario platforming. <laughs> wow. Arguably, yeah, it, well, everything's arguably, but you know, it's like they. Well, they're, they're not like some people hold them in that higher regard. They're not they, like they're not like Mario levels. They're just they're basically like the Mirror's Edge DLC, where it's yeah. just like coloured blocks floating in space, but not proves, actually the game. <laughs> it's like well, it proves to the value of a good platforming model, though, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like if you get it right, then. Actually, you know, sometimes that's all you need to make a great Even section. though the rest of the game didn't really have that because you had the backpack the whole time. But they made, totally but different they made up for it. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I like those. Yeah. They're pretty good. Acapella music, yeah. Yep. That's all you need. So, right. Do you want to... We're running... Oh, there's something else. short on time, so... Relatively. Yeah. But, you know, you'll be the only one to talk about games. Yep. <laughs> well, I thought you said that was okay. It's ish. I, I never fully agreed. <laughs> anyway. But anyway. Uh, oh, yeah, the other last thing about Luigi's Mansion is, you know, Luigi. He's cool. Yeah, Luigi rules. He has a personality. Yeah. Well, isn't, aren't we supposed to be in the year of Luigi? Yep, apparently. Awesome. Oh, and Luigi. spoilers. Hmm? The story to Luigi's Mansion 2, it turns out, is exactly the fucking same as the first one. It doesn't no. seem like it at the start, but then about halfway through, it's like, oh, look, there's fucking indications that Mario was here and King Boo and all this. It's, like, yeah, right, it's the right. same goddamn story. And, like, the fake competition? Well, no, not the fake competition. <laughs> they got rid of that idea. <laughs> now it's just, for some reason, Professor Egad lives in this lives in a, ha- in a haunted mansion, except the ghosts were nice, apart from then the dark moon got fucked up and that screwed everything up. Yeah. <laughs> He's a ghost researcher. He lives in places with ghosts. I guess that makes it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Fire Emblem then. Uh, I played like, quite a fucking lot of it. <laughs> it's basically my surrogate for Advance Wars because there is an Advance Wars. God damn it, make Advance Wars. It's quite similar in a number of ways. It's made by the same people, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that kind of makes sense. It's Atlas, isn't it? Or... No, it's Intelligence. Systems. Oh, yeah, I always get that messed up. Yeah. Always get that messed up. <laughs> totally not even close to being the same. No. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the Japanese tendencies that make me immediately think Atlas. But but yeah, um, it's fine as a strategy game, I guess. But I think I made a horrible mistake of choosing you when you start. When you start, it's got the classic three difficulty levels where it's like lunatic. Obviously, you can do all that because that's yeah. that's like XCOM where you've got impossible. It's like yeah. no, <laughs> no one plays it on that apart from crazy people. <laughs> So then you've got the choice. Well, at least it's more aptly named. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so then you've got the choice between like normal and hard. And normal is like, they did the classic mistake that Halo does, where it's like, normal is labeled like for beginners. And then the hard is for like, for people who know how to play strategy games. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. So I was like, well, okay, hard, obviously. Yeah. I'm not totally retarded. I can play a strategy <laughs> game. Yeah. 
don't have to make it too easy. But then there's also the... Isn't really the rule if you're doing a a proper sort of you know, re- you know, review-esque touchdown. Play on the, the middle. Game. You should play on normal. Yeah, play on. normal is like the intended, should be the name of the intended. Well, game. yeah, apart from... It's like, not really true on Halo, though. Yeah, yeah. it's like I no, said. it's never been true of Halo. Heroic this, is always... This big. falls into the Halo trap. Of, well, they don't call it normal in Halo, do they? Yeah, yeah easy, bottom. normal, heroic, and legendary. Oh, is it? Yeah. 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 Easy is ridiculous. If you play on easy, it's I, like I've a never joke. Actually, I've never actually played <laughs> on easy. It's hilarious. So, yeah, this game falls into that same trap of, like, of describing the difficulty level. Yeah. And as if to say, this is actually normal, this is actually yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So I fell into that trap first. But then also the secondary trap is you can play it in... I can't remember what the other option is called, but the classic mode is where it has permadeath. Right. Where, like, your units can actually die from dying. <laughs> and so I've heard from various sources that, like, that's the way Fire Emblem is meant to be played with permadeath turned on. But what I hadn't understood from any sources ever, because I guess people don't actually say this about it, they just declare that this is the way to play it, is that it's actually totally not the way to play it, because... If you think about permadeath in, like, XCOM or whatever, yeah. you, you lose your soldiers, and, I mean, that sucks because you've invested training time or whatever. It really sucks. <laughs> well, it depends how advanced they are, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, if, just... if your entire fucking team wipes on the last mission, then, yeah, it really does suck. <laughs> Goddamn. Yeah. But, uh, but you just, like, hire more soldiers. Yeah. It's, it's just like that's... It's a cost, and it's a cost in time, and it's cost in money, but it's not really anything that important. But it's not the case in Fire Emblem, or like even compare it to Fire Fantasy Tactics, you just hire more units, and if they die, you just hire more units, and then you yeah. train them up. But in, in Fire Emblem, every unit you get, firstly, you only get units at specific points in the story, so you can't just hire more units at any time. Right. And secondly, every unit is a character and they have their own personality and story. story. Well, sort of story. They have like interactions between each other. So if they die, you miss that story. Yeah, you don't see that stuff. So I contest the claim that playing it on permadeath is actually the way to play it because then you just lose people and then you don't see this actual content. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. But by the time I decided that, it was too late to change. So I was just like, well, now I've kind of made the game another game in itself. I've changed the game to not just, like, playing through it on hard, which is actually quite hard, but also not losing a single fucking person, <laughs> which just makes it even harder. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably take the same decision as you, I think. Like, sort of... Hard, no permadeath, right? <laughs> yeah, but I'd... Yeah, I'd, but I wouldn't do the thing where if I yeah if I lost a guy, I'd probably restart the mission and reattempt it to do it better, as opposed to like just putting up with the fact that this guy is dead or putting up with the fact that this guy got killed and is okay. I, I might you <laughs> know you in- know because then because then I'm sort of getting into the spirit of what everyone says Fire Emblem is about. Well, yeah, but but, it but, then, but then but then but yeah, the, 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 <laughs> it's it does, not fun. The, yeah, it does raise the question. Well, when you said that there's this. Yeah, your description of the difficulty curve that you gave me is a bit odd, and there's a ridiculous hump at the start of the game, which makes the permadeath stuff all the more frustrating. Yeah. Then maybe once you get over that hump, permadeath permadeath, Permadeath. permadeath isn't quite so 
I mean, it's still painful by the sound of it, but you know, maybe it's not quite such but a. But it's all problem. about the characters. It's like that's the only reason I think permadeath is a big problem. I, I mean, I wouldn't mind losing units if it was possible to get more units. <laughs> yeah, the fact that you have a limited roster makes it doubly ridiculous. Because it's like if you lose your one heavy defensive knight guy who you've been using as a like choke point blocker, then you're basically fucked because <laughs> you can't get another one. Well, yeah, that, that was the interesting, the weird thing I saw about the combat when you were playing it. The combat seems to play out quite a lot. Like you start in a, in in some position, you basically just fortify that position, let everyone come to you. Well, that's my other problem with it is that why I still think that I might be doing it wrong in some way, doing not wrong. understanding how Fire Emblem is meant to be played. But you have you have the map and you have the layout of enemies, but almost always the only way that I found to actually survive this stuff is to basically cram all your units into as small a space as possible and fortify choke points. Because <laughs> if you expose any of your ranged or magic-using units to melee, they just die. <laughs> yeah. So you can't afford not to just, like, choke point it all off. And So it's got really dumb, because you have this whole layout of map, and firstly, you don't use it. <laughs> yeah. You find the one choke point that's nearest your starting location and just run to it. <laughs> you try and manage the... The enemy's a bit more like a tower defense. Yeah, and and then and then also that also is sort of inherently stupid in itself because you're basically you're almost always using what the edge of a map as a wall, mm. <laughs> which is sort of weird in a story aspect. Yeah, yeah. and it also became even weirder where there was one level I was playing where I couldn't find a, the only choke point I could find was on the edge of the map. And it was quite a wide one, so I had to use like half my units in front of the other half to cover mm. the whole gap. And then midway through the mission, enemy reinforcements can turn up. And in this mission, they spawn where I was standing. Like, oh, crap. They come in from... They're meant to come... Basically, it's saying they're coming up from the rear. They're coming up behind you. Mm. But because I hadn't moved into the map at all, I was standing where, where they, they should theoretically in. spawn. And I thought, because in other cases where they come out of fortresses, if one of your units is occupying the fortress, then that stops the enemies from spawning. So I was like, well, if I have my units standing on the edge of the map where the enemies spawn, they just won't. They just won't. But what they actually do is they just teleport and appear in front of you. <laughs> well, I suppose that's kind of handy for keeping your position. Yeah, sort of. But it's kind of dumb in itself where it's mm. just like enemies randomly appear. Well, how else were they going to do it? Yeah. But so yeah, like I said, it seems weird that all I'm doing is effectively just standing in one place and ignoring the map. And it's sort of doubly so because sort of midway through the game, you start getting thieves on the map yeah. that aren't technically part of the enemy team, but the enemy don't target them. Their only goal is to either break into a chest on the map and steal the item out of it or and then leave or they already have an item on them and their only goal is to leave the map. Mm. So you're meant to be, meant to kill them to get those bonus items. But because my units are so incredibly fragile, or it seems like they're so incredibly fragile most of the time, there's no way I can get to these thieves to kill them before they escape. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to send a scout. I don't think it seems to have quite a large movement range. Yeah, as well, so it's not like you can really just scout out and stay out of range. Yeah, and like on the rare occasions where there's, well... Some t- like probably about half the time, half the time enemies just over over the series of turns, more enemies will start triggering and coming towards you. But there are some levels where enemies don't move unless you move into their aggro range. Right. 
So that is another reason why you can't just go after these thieves, because you're just plowing a unit directly into about 500 enemies aggro, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> and triggering all the units on the map. So I don't understand how you're meant to... Do- I mean... Maybe this is how you're meant to play it. Maybe, you know? but then why are those thieves there? Yeah. I don't understand how you're meant to be able to get there fast enough to stop them. I- maybe it's not so bad if you're playing in normal mode. Well, yeah, maybe, but then... Maybe the maybe the you know the aggro range isn't so high. Maybe you have some freedom. Well, I don't think the aggro range will be any less, but mm. you probably have more hardy units comparatively. Yeah, so you can just let them take some damage and yeah. run out there. Well, it's, the main problem with it is the obvious way to go after thieves, go after these thieves, would, would be to use flying units because they can just fly over all the obstacles. Yeah, but the flying units are incredibly susceptible to magic and, ar- and ranged attacks from arrows. So if there's a single archer or magic user on the field, you pretty much can't use flying units because they just instantly die. Hmm. <laughs> they just get one shot by everything. Hmm. Yeah, so it's weird. It's and pretty, also it's the, pretty though. Well, yeah, it's pretty. Oh, the fight sequences are pretty cool. Yeah, it's nice looking. Yeah. And it's pretty... The app translation probably, rewritten in English, I suppose, would be the well, way to term it. That's kind of how, it's, how a lot of that stuff's done, isn't it? But it's pretty well done for something like that and pretty funny in places. And the weird things people say in the actual characters are pretty good. Well, Ninty's always great at that, though, isn't he? Yeah, their, I guess. Their translations are always top-notch. And, all, well, and <laughs> the story is a bit... Because the, the idea is of these, like, the relationships units have outside the, the story stuff is when they fight together, they get their relationship goes up and then you can go to the support screen and then they have a little conversation which improves their support rating which improves their stat bonuses they get from fighting next to each other and uh, you know those are I like that mechanic how when you're in a fight and you've got two guys standing next to each other they're both involved in that attack phase yeah I like that that's pretty cool it looks really neat as well from the animation (laughs) side yeah but yeah so when you you level up these relationships and then the, the ultimate end of that is if you have a dude and a woman they can actually get married is the like the maximum support rank, right? And then they can have children. And I've heard about this. It's like they have children, and then they inherit like st- you know stat growth or whatever from their parents and some of the skills. <laughs> so I was wondering how exactly that would work. And quite early in the game, it does like a two years later type thing. And I was like, oh well, that, that this is how it's going to work. It's all going to make sense. <laughs> like now they have a baby and it's two years old, so there's going to be like fifteen years later, and then it'll be a normal unit. Mm. And you'll be able to use it. But no, as it turns out, time travel, <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> which is actually weirder, <laughs> and yet still in the story of this weird medieval landscape. It's like time travel, of course. Why not? <laughs> which explains that level in Smash Bros. a little more, where you're like going into that weird sort of like transportation phase. Maybe. I'm still not sure about that. It's obviously based on a different Fire Emblem game. Oh, yeah. It's Marth and what's-his-face. You still get Aoife. Flame Aether! Whoopie-roll. Except not any... It's not, it's not even that move. He doesn't do the crazy, like, throwing the sword, spinning, stab, you know, all that stuff. It's not even a... Well, no, actually, I guess he does have a move that is, like, a jump and downward slash, except that's not actually necessarily what Aoife looks like. Yeah, right, yeah. Apparently Aoife is the... It, the Aoife is, like... Well, Aoife was this smash, wasn't it? In Well, it's still the same move. His recovery move, the up and B, is Aoife as well. Oh, right. Only the smash yeah. move is, like, an enhanced version of that. But it's... it's apparently, it's actually just... The first stab, you get half, half the damage back as health, and the second stab, you ignore half their defense, and then you get a free shot. 
So it's basically three strikes for the price of one, which makes it insanely overbound. <laughs> Sweet. Yep. But obviously the main character, main character dude gets that because he's Krom. the king or whatever. Krom. King Krom. Yep. And now, as, as I've got deeper into the game, I think I've discovered that the difficulty, difficulty curve is even more fucked than I initially suspected. It's super hard at the start. Mm-hmm. Then there's a midsection where it's all right. And now it seems to be getting super hard again. <laughs> Like all the enemies seem to be ranked up like promoted classes, which are actually really difficult to deal with. And certain certain of the like higher ranked classes skills are not just complete bastards. Well, firstly, there's one the assassin class can just get a straight up one hit kill move. Right. Which just ignores any of your like health points or anything, it just instantly kills you. So obviously that's gonna be a problem for me with my <laughs> no one can die okay, situation. Yeah. And just to make that make that even worse, that same class, the assassin class, one of their other skills is they can pass through enemy unit squares. So that completely fucks any concept of a defensive line because they can just walk straight through you and attack your healers. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, well, right, this is just going to suck. <laughs> oh, that's not good. Luckily, I haven't seen too many of them yet. Circular defense. <laughs> well, yeah. That is the problem. It gets to the point where you just have to have your healer standing in the middle of four <laughs> four friendly units to protect them. But then that doesn't protect them from ranged attacks. So Vogue, I would just walk up and shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, fucking... There's no way... That's the problem with healers, is there's no way they can actually do their job. Because in order to heal, they have to be standing there right, next to the enemy, next to your unit to do a heal. And then they're exposed to return fire on the next turn. It's not like they can heal and then hide. <laughs> right. Because you can put them into support on another unit and and then but then only the main unit acts and is like attacked and stuff but then they can't do their healing thing I suppose you have to you'd have to come up with some plan of swapping out melee units like pull one back push another one forward yeah. to keep your healer out of range sort of luckily the advanced healing classes seem to also get combat skills so we're running low on time yep fire emblem it's good ah oh, uh, I've played way time, too much of it so I'm gonna to have to have an incredibly quick blurb then. What have you, what have been you played? played? Devil May Cry. I've oh, played a crap. lot of that. Okay. I can't talk about it now, but I will say one thing. Holy crap! I think it's a contender for my game of the year. Yep. Holy shit! That game. <laughs> um, Too early in the year though. Yeah, yeah, but this is so good. <laughs> so good. Um, uh, yeah, there's that. I fired up a. <laughs> I had a very brief experiment with Dreamcast emulation and fired up Trickstyle after we talked about it in a vain attempt to see what Criterion could do. Right. Oh my god, I forgot how floaty and skanky that game really is. Uh, it's like it, like the animation of humans is pretty shockingly bad. Right. Um, and I, it, 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 I think it's like it must look better on an old CRT screen because I remember being quite impressed with how sharp things looked. I don't know, CRT screen, but you know, <laughs> blow it up onto a modern PC monitor. It looks like dirt. Right. <laughs> Just like nothing. It's, yeah, it's weird. Um, it was it was easier than trying to get my Dreamcast out of the lock. Um, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> sort um, of. Uh, I play. I'm I'm very nearly completed Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. I've got a couple of events left to do on that, and I'm done. Right. Like, dirt too. Strangely keeps... I completed Dirt 2, yeah. I actually actually completed that. Um, actually played a couple of games online as well, which was fun. Um, it's not that there's like 10 people playing it. <laughs> One minute. Uh, that's it. 
Cool. That's all right. Then I'll cover all of that in more detail if I remember. Next time. We do another one. We'll yeah. do, we'll do uh, yeah, Dev May Cry. I won't play anything different. I'll just be playing these again more. So, yeah, so Zach's covered for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll, I'll finish Bioshock, which continues to be good. And uh, Far Cry, <laughs> baby. Um, and we didn't even hear about SimCity version 2.0. No, because I haven't played it. I haven't even installed that patch. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Okay. Apparently it's bad. Though. Apparently it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. So we we'll f- might find out about that next time. Or but... 3.0, maybe. <laughs> the SimCity woe train continues. Yes, indeed. Well, thanks, listeners, for joining us for Sidecast. A bit uh, uh, Zach heavy this time, but he had a lot to cover. Yeah. Uh, next I'm time. I'm going to have fun writing the blurb for this one. Plenty <laughs> Like Zach fans rejoice. <laughs> Zach fans rejoice. Yes, well, I am rejoicing. Okay. Catch you next time on Circus. Indeed. Don't forget to check out video content. There's more Final Fantasy stuff up on YouTube. Bye. <laughs> 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 <